Welcome everyone to We Have Issues, our weekly comic book podcast that opens the vault, feels the boom, weathers the aftershock, and marvels at every issue released this week. I'm your host, Keith, and I'm joined by my stalwart sidekick who is always at my side, Hosway. I went through so many comics this weekend of my own, and it was just the indies. <laughs> what yeah. an ordeal. <laughs> yeah, I'm in the reorganization too. I thought that was pretty funny that we were kind of synced up with that. Um it's, I had separate. I had started this in the beginning of the year, where it's like I, I at least just separated for sure all. For now, let's just say ten plus long boxes, and just put the big twos on one side and all the indies on one side. And now with this time, it was just like by publishers because I have that many different publishers now that putting them all in alphabetic order just no longer works as a system. Yeah, exactly. Mine is currently being kept, kept track on an Excel spreadsheet. I kind of told you that, but I didn't really go into detail. Mm-hmm. Um, what I'm doing is every single issue I have, I'm documenting in the Excel spreadsheet under different tabs for each publisher. And it's going to be alphabetical order. That way I can highlight the issues I'm missing. Mm-hmm. I am also listing the entire creative team in different columns. Oh. So that if I need a quick search for, say, a Peach Momoko cover... Control F, Peach, Momoko, boom, done. Mm-hmm. And so I have which cover I have. And so it's literally title, issue, um, cover artist, writer, artist, colorist, letter, and then um, which box it's in in my collection and what <laughs> year it came out. Because I'm also currently making a list of everything that came out this year so that when we get to the Remy's, I have a list of everything that qualifies. So, oh, yeah. Yeah. So. What what actually what actually didn't count was my 2021 box, like because I I don't want to like split those up because I know I'm gonna forget like this like one gem of an indie book. Uh, so that 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 one long box and the other one here because that one's not full yet. Those are just set aside for like next year, and then I'll actually sort them out. So there's more comics yeah. to sort through, but that the Excel and actually cataloging is like just very very last. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> so. But anyways, enough with our nerdery. Let's talk about <laughs> comics. Uh, as always, we start with a little bit of news. I don't have a ton this week, but I have some fun stuff to talk about. The first thing is, Josue, mm. have you ever wondered what Spider-Man, if he had a bat cave, what it would look like? Uh, I have wondered that. Have you wondered what it would look like if it was made of Lego? <laughs> no. Well, too bad. Here you go. Here's the link. So Lego has released the uh, the spider layer set, and it's oh, fantastic. And the best part about it might be the Lego Venom and Green Goblin. Actually, <laughs> so, I was like, going to say the the basketball hoop. <laughs> yeah, it's fantastic. It's utterly ridiculous, but I had to bring it up. I do also like having the alternate costumes there. Oh yeah, the the capsule spider, the stealth suit. Yeah, so those cool. are actually quality suits to to put them in yeah. capsules too <laughs> and it's the the homemade one the one that tom holland wore in homecoming mm-hmm. oh it is yeah yeah it's pretty cool i thought it was the, the riley uh hoodie but no you're right yeah and the stealth suit is based on the big time suit they said of course oh, i love that suit so, so much yeah but pretty cool i i think it's fun i just want to start off with something fun like that so um next up we got an exclusive reveal from dc we didn't well no we didn't get the exclusive cbr got the exclusive let me be clear um <laughs> They revealed, guess what? Another Dark Crisis tie-in. It just <laughs> keeps coming. Superman Kal-El Returns. Oh, yeah. It's Kal-El returning to Earth. Presumably to take his job away from his son. 
because we're we're just too happy with the way it is right now. They're hugging yeah. on the cover, but I think that's them just trying to tell us they're happy. Um, yeah, it's going to be a one shot, um, and it's a it's an expensive one. It's six bucks. Oof. Uh, so okay. it's going to be interesting. Uh, but uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm excited about it. It's comes out at the end of November, so we got a ways to go. Mm. Dark Crisis is going to be going for a while, apparently. <laughs> so yeah. But that'll be cool. Um, also, let's see here. Let's see if we get any more DC news. Let's get all DC out of the way first. Uh, okay. Uh, in I Am Batman 12, which one of us really should read. Um, I have the first one, but it's just like, I thought it was just it. Yeah. Renee Montoya has returned as the question. Now, now, she's supposed <laughs> to be in the Gotham police book as right. the commissioner, but she's also the question. Presumably in New York, because that's where Jace is. Okay. Okay, I guess. I keep her as the question. That's all I want. <laughs> Just she's the best as the question. So um but yeah, that's interesting. Also, uh we kinda talked about this online a bit. I think it was mostly me and Mars, but Poison Ivy solo series has scored a second arc. They're going to bring it back for a second arc at least. That's cool. Um it'll be another six issue arc. And yeah, I mean that first arc has been f- fucking amazing. So mm-hmm. yeah, they should bring it back. Um, they should make it an ongoing, as long as they have some, as long as they have a story to tell. So, uh, but that's cool. Second arc. DC's been doing these stealth minis where they don't announce them as minis until they probably get a little feeler on like how it's selling. Yeah. Like Aquaman was not announced as a mini, but it was actually a six issue mini. But if it succeeded, they don't have to say, "Oh, we're going to extend it." They'll just keep making it basically. <laughs> so. That's kind of the way it works. So Swamp Thing got like a sweet like something had like a sweet ten issue deal where that feel, felt like a complete thing, and then to just get an extra six like that was that was pretty cool too. Yeah, exactly. So interesting. And last bit of DC news: we have recently been informed that there will be a new one shot um, from DC for John Stewart, the Green Lantern, who has recently become the Emerald Knight with all of his new powers and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's going to be a new, it's going to be one shot, basically talking about his new powers and what he's up to and stuff. And it's going to be written by Jeff Thorne and art by Marco Santucci. So that's pretty cool. I really dug that, uh, finale to that green lantern run they did mm-hmm. with him becoming the Emerald Knight. I really thought that was awesome. So I was really hoping they weren't just going to forget that happened and not talk about <laughs> it ever again. So reset it after crisis. Yeah. At least use it. Next thing. Uh, Valiant has canceled Archer and Armstrong, uh, which is one of their big books, like mm. historically, which means that there's only one book in Valiant being released right now. Really? And it's Bloodshot Unleashed. Dang. Yeah. So, and there's some like, there's like some one shots and some crossover things, but. Really, that's the only one. They're bringing stuff back in 2023. But yeah, and it's just very interesting because I know I was really enjoying Ninjak. Right. And then they announced they were going to go into NFTs. So I pulled out. Mm-hmm. And now they're canceling their books. So I hope they take the message. You know, I don't know if that has anything to do with it. We'll see. So, uh, all right. All I have left is Marvel news. Uh, the first one, you know, I love a good, ridiculous auction to- story. <laughs> a green goblin mego doll which is as ugly as you can imagine 
let's just say it looks like a contestant on Drag Race. That's what I'll say here. Here, not that, not that we, or the people on Drag Race are ugly. This doll is ugly. <laughs> Has sold oh. for seventy six thousand seven hundred dollars at an auction. What? Yeah. Look at oh its face. Oh my god! It's yeah. so bad, but it's also beautiful in its own way. I love it. <laughs> so, but it set a record for the most paid for a Mego figure, which Mego is a pretty in demand um, brand. I love so. the scales look like a looks, looks like he's wearing fishnets. Yeah, it, they they look like uh, Aquaman scales. Yeah, like it's great. I love it. Hideous, hideous. <laughs> so, uh, but I, I adore it. It's just yeah, it's got its own charm. Uh, next thing is Marvel has announced an oversized one shot in November. Quote exploring Thor's future death. And Thanos' Infinity Stone powered Mjolnir, which has been Fuck. looming over us for like a year and a half. Mm-hmm. So it's called Thanos Death Notes. And it's going to be coming from the following writers. Christopher Cantwell, oh, Kyle Starks, Torn Grunbeck, and J. Michael Straczynski. Holy shit. Wait, what's happening? Yes. With artists... Andrea DeVito, Ron Lim, Travel Foreman, and more, quote, and with Andrea Sorrentino doing the cover. Ooh, sick. Yeah. And I'm like, ooh, yes, this is going to be pretty. I'm very excited about it because um, I've been really wanting to get to this. You know what I mean? Like, to get to what this future that we saw in Thor. You know what I mean? That we're kind of like, when is this happening? What's going on? We're finally getting there. So it's really cool. Mm-hmm. And then finally two more new projects from Marvel that I can't wait to talk about. Um, oh, I love them both so much in different ways. I'll start with this one. Um, there's going to be a new book from Marvel for Hulk. And it's going to be written by Greg Pak. Oh, nice. And drawn by Manuel Garcia. Ooh. And I'll just read this. Marvel sends Hulk 1,000 years into the future for a new Planet Hulk story. Oh, ooh. It's called Planet Hulk Worldbreaker. It's <laughs> okay. set a thousand years in the future and follows a woman searching for the Hulk on Sakaar. Only she may not like what she finds. Fuck. Yeah. Okay, that's cool. Right? I love a good Greg Pak uh, Hulk book. Yeah, right? It's, he's one of the best. Like, him and Peter David are probably my favorites. Mm-hmm. And I just love the old Peter David, you know, Hulk. But, yeah, that's really cool. It would be like... I like the idea of like the legend of planet Hulk a thousand years later and what happened to Bruce that he's there now. You know what I mean? Like, so, and I've been, I've been been doing nothing but exploring Bruce right now and Hulk right now too. So, Ooh, that's good. Yes. Uh, so that should come out in November as well. Nice. We're going to have a very, very busy November. It looks like. And then the final book, I love this. There's a new book coming. It's going to be written by Jim Zub. And Ray Fox. And art is going to be by Jethro Morales. Also launching in November. It's a mini series called Murder World Avengers. Wait, what? <laughs> oh, shit. Murder World Avengers will throw Earth's mightiest heroes into the iconic locale run by the villainous arcade. Marvel has teased the new series is overloaded with gut-wrenching twists, unbelievable deaths, and bloodied and bruised Marvel heroes. 
Yes. Yes, they're not. Yeah, all literally, <laughs> literally throwing them in a, in uh, in the ringer on purpose and, and see how they can get out of these all, all of these games. It's gonna be so fun. Yeah, and uh, it's gonna have a series of one. It's gonna be a one uh, first issue Murder World Avengers number one, and then it's gonna have a bunch of one shots, including Spider Man, Wolverine, and Moon Knight. Can you imagine Moon Knight and Murder World? <laughs> like, I just love the idea of like that issue is arcade being like like Moon Knight being like, what are you going to throw me in Murder World? He's like, no, I'm terrified of you. (laughs) (laughs) You're just going to be in a timeout and just sit in a corner. Can you last 15 minutes while everybody either lives or dies? (laughs) I love the idea now because of that amazing Taskmaster story that if I were writing Moon Knight, I would have every bad guy in the Marvel Universe scared of Moon Knight. Like, Mm -hmm. no one wants to fuck with Moon Knight. That would be my joke. Like, constantly. Like, Thanos is like, I'm... (laughs) Like, that would be great. Like, he has to, like, he has, like, double double take that he reassure himself that he does have the Infinity Gauntlet on on himself to take on Moon Knight. I just imagine Galactus looming over the Earth be like, Earth, I need to consume you for... Oh, oh shit, is that Moon Knight? Oh, God. I'm going to go to Erico instead. (laughs) Like, (laughs) Like, I love it. It's great. It's like like a different kind of funny squirrel girl. So, <laughs> and then the cover art for the first issue is going to be done by Paco Medina and I love Paco Medina. So nice. Yeah. Really, really cool. Uh, it's also, um, I don't know. I don't know if it's going to be Canon because obviously people are going to die and I don't think they want people to like, you know, hmm, get yeah. killed by arcade. <laughs> like of all you're going to kill an adventure. You're going to do it like <laughs> a big way during judgment day. <laughs> yeah. Right. Like, Someone like Ant Man survives Judgment Day and dies in murder. <laughs> like, like it's so <laughs> stupid. So, but that's all the news I got. You got anything else? Uh, no. I ask Jose a question as he takes a drink. Of course, <laughs> that's on me. <laughs> so, all right, we're going to talk about some comics this week. Normally, we start with a bang and a boom and a whimper, depending on the book. But no boom books this week. Unfortunate. However. We can still fill the Aftershock from last week. Aftershock Comics. I got one book. Uh, I should actually say I did pick up um, Astronaut Down 3. I didn't realize I missed issue 2. So I'm trying to find that before I read 3. So I am going to review it. I just need to get them together first. So, But my only Aftershock book this week is Samurai Doggy number 1. Hasue. This is a book for you. <laughs> You're going to get this book at some point. It's fantastic. First of all, it's nice and thick. It's a good thick one. Ooh, okay. And have you looked at this at all? No. Check out this art. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah. And this book is fantastic. Uh, oh, creative. T- we always do the credits. Page. Oh, it's a cool blue. Yeah. Written by Chris Tex. Art by Santos, uh, as well as coloring and lettering. Um, so it's a story about some puppies, right? There's a, there's a dog that gives birth to a bunch of puppies, right? Mm. Someone comes along and kills the mother dog and takes the puppies. Of course. Well, one of the puppies fights back and they end up hurting the puppy and believing they kill it, including cut its, one of its eyes out and they leave it to die. Right? So it's like lying there dead and it's sad. And then it gets awakened by a metal crow, a robot crow, that's trying to eat it, but it becomes his friend. And this leads to the, the, 
20 years later, the dog has trained and he has become Samurai Doggy. Oh, sick as fuck. I know, dude. It's so good. And he basically is searching for his siblings because they were kidnapped from him. And it's just anime action scene after anime action scene. And also the art is so cool and vibrant. Like a lot of the characters are anthropomorphic animals. Mm -hmm. So like you get some really cool and like disturbingly sexy designs for someone who's not a furry. (laughs) So it was kind (laughs) of like, okay, that's kind of hot. Like these chicks. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. Well, I, re- so. I read Black Sad, so I'm into it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, and he's just doing the search. And, like, the action's really cool. And occasionally you get these really cool, like, full page spreads, like this. It's like an intersection oh, nice. in the city. It's just beautiful, dude. I love it. I'm trying to find a good example of the action so you can see what it looks like. Um, like, you can kind of see it here. Like, he's just like. A fucking badass. And right. It's very kinetic, you know, in the way that uh, manga does an- fight scenes, how it looks like there's a lot of movement. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, it kind of looks like that. It's really cool. I really loved it. And it really reminded me of so many books that you like. And, you know, because it's, it's got a little bit of good boy in it. It's got a little cinnamon in it. Right. Because I don't know, because he was a normal puppy. And now he's like bipedal and a samurai. So part of me is like, is this real? Is he imagining this? Like, and I'm like, this is interesting. I'm curious to see where this goes. This book is great. I highly recommend anyone. This sounds remotely up your alley. Pick it up. Take a shot at it. It's really, really good. It is. It is five dollars, but it is nice and thick. It's. A, oh, it's I'm, I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna look at it again over this time because yeah, I'll, I'll need the the trifecta of that. Yeah. And also, the robot crow is his like partner now. Uh, it looks really cool (laughs) (laughs) yeah so definitely check that out next up i'm going to switch over to opus publishing uh because we have to check in with our boys bill and ted bill and ted number three roll the dice i love these classic like D &D cover looking yeah that's cool so creative team script by james asmus art by wayne nichols colors by joanna lafuente Letter by Jacob Basil. Um, you might remember from the last issue, Joan of Arc has died. Mm-hmm. She was in their party and they're worried because now her soul is condemned to hell forever. And they're like, oh God, we're responsible for this. And then they're like, well, what are we going to do? And uh, it's great because they're like, hey, uh, you know, Dr. Feelgood <laughs> and Crowley, you know, Alistair Crowley, you guys have like healing and magic abilities. Why don't you just, you know, heal her, bring her back to life? And they're like, I don't know. It sounds like it can go really bad. And then the devil dude that's been tormenting them is just like, you know, oh, you defeated it, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, no, we're going to resurrect Joan. And he's like, wait, what? You can't do that. And then both Dr. Feelgood and Aleister Crowley both roll a 20. So she comes back to life. It's fantastic. It's so <laughs> stupid. <laughs> like, And they keep leveling up. Eventually, Bill gets to level zero. Because remember, he started off at level negative four because he was a squire. Um, oh. it's It just gets really cool. And basically, you find out that there's a portal to hell opening in their hometown. And they think they're responsible. And they found out, no, they're not the ones responsible. The one that's responsible are these idiot parents that are having the satanic panic and burning all these records and D&D books and stuff like that. 
it's like almost like a sacrifice to open the gate. So yeah, they're gonna have to stop that. So that's where it leaves off in issue three. This cool. has been a lot of fun. <laughs> like I love the combination of Bill and Ted and D and D because they're that so is a good cool. one. Yeah, it's just fantastic. So all right. Josue, your turn. Talk to me about Dark Horse Comics and Ward number three. Ah, dude, the Ward is so good. I feel like you would really like this book a lot, too. I think I'm going to trade weight on it. Cool, cool. It, it, it's only, it should only be four, is how I've been seeing it. So four issued by uh, many. Uh, so the, the Ward, written by Kevin Scott, art by Andres Ponce, and lettering by Mauro Montero. In this one, it opens up with uh, our main doctor and the other resident that's been kind of like just antagonistic towards her. And it kind of goes back and forth because right in the now they're like inside a rubble and it's just, she's like not looking, uh, not looking well. What ended up happening is that they get to like an apart, uh, an apartment complex. They're called there. Like obviously through an ambulance, like arrive through a, with an ambulance, they get inside the apartment complex and it turns out it's, it was a, it's a sweatshop with a bunch of little goblins and all the portals were like by like cheap, by like by we're made by cheap uh uh magic so they pretty much like shut down like one dude loses his like legs it just like closes in like halfway in while he was like on this side and just literally doesn't end up making it just it it, it fucking sucks it gets pretty serious um but because all the porters holding it together that's what makes the building go down back at the hospital it's busy as ever but there's only like one main patient that they're focusing on and she's just like she's okay for now but she just has like she's hearing this like weird like internal screaming like someone just came up to her and just shouted in her face and now she just can't get the ringing out of out of her head. It's almost like she can still hear it. Um, but yeah, back at back at the the apartment like in the rubble, um, we finally get like <laughs> since there's nowhere to go, they can finally hash out like what's really going on between them or mainly just just him, and he's just been like p- pissy um, at her because like she had just left the job um, as important as it is. And we finally got to get to know why. And basically what, what made it, what made her get to get, what got her to leave was that there was another doctor, another resident that was very much like him, just, just, just eggheaded, just um, stubborn. And this one time they were just like overworking like a weekend, just going nonstop hours, like, like um, double shifts and, uh, and everything. And there was one patient where he was going to go check up on, on them, but because, again, they were just, like, so tired, he skipped over looking at the clip uh, at the clipboard, not realizing that this patient species has, like, this, like, religious thing on, like, they can't be, basically, just they, they just can't be touched by humans. And he just opens a curtain, and this, this uh, like, this monster, I don't say, like, this monster, is like, uh, this thing just, like, goes feral and just rips into him and just he dies and that and she just like it traumatized her obviously just seeing it firsthand it was one of her best friends and that's what got her to leave um and meanwhile on his and over on his side and they, they just hash out on like dude you know you know you're gonna get in fucking trouble for taking like troll suppressants um and pretty much at the end like it, it kind of crumbles a little it starts to crumble again um or she starts passing out and he basically just like hulks out into a troll. So, um, and, he, and he's able to get her out, but obviously he gets caught now. Um, and at the end, I think he does, yeah, he, he does get fired. And the, then the, then the other one, she gets caught by her mom. And at this one, I thought she was keeping the secret from her mom. I was like, not everybody can know about 
the the fantasy creatures and everything and everything around everything being real um no it's very much because like the mom just hated her working at this hospital but now now that she knows it's like now they're gonna now they're they're gonna have to talk about it and to close it off that patient the the hospital with the with the internal screaming yeah it very much didn't stop and it just echoed out and it's just like it just looks like her mouth just keeps getting bigger and bigger and now she's like the one casting the scream and that's just how it ends it's just like and they made a point on like these uh on, on like the banshees where it's like if they get hurt like and they do this like this whale it calls out to the other ones and not and and it kind of and like they don't care about like the monday world basically so it's like oh it's like what's what troubles are about to happen i love the use of the monday world that was great <laughs> <laughs> we're taking it back yeah <laughs> so, awesome all right. Uh, next up, I'm going to talk about a studio we've never talked about before, and I'm Ooh. very excited about it because really? it's a studio that's very close to my heart, uh-huh. and I believe to our friend Mars's heart, if I remember correctly, mm. at least her origin, one of the two, and that is Abstract Studio, which <sighs> is owned by Terry Moore. Nice. Changes in Paradise, etc. I'm a big Terry Moore fan. Uh, I recently purchased the entire digital catalog of all of Terry Moore's work just to have nice. it so uh this is called parker girls and check out this cover i i think it's a pretty sexy cover yeah a little tattoo i think it's pretty great right so um if i remember correctly let me double check and make sure there's not credits countering me but i think terry moore does everything yeah terry moore is, is a story and art uh there's just a the colors for the cover because it's black and white um so Parker Girls, it seems to be an organi- secret organization of women, basically spies, that are carrying out different like missions around the world and controlling certain things. And it's pretty cool. So you got this dude who's like drunk and upset on his vacation, and he meets this chick, right? Mm-hmm. And she's really hot. She's way too hot. And she's like, basically tells him we're going to have dinner later. And He's just like, okay, like he's like, I'm, I'm down, I guess. Um, he walks away. He's like, this homeless man's about to kill him, and she like kills the homeless man and drowns him. <laughs> okay. And no one sees, like, she secretly does it. You're like, mm-hmm. Meanwhile, there's like a murder going on in California and Malibu, and it's like a famous actress and some other people trying to cover it up and stuff. Um, so this chick, and I just gotta say, I love Terry Moore's faces. Like the yeah. way Terry Moore draws faces is unprecedented to me. Like just this, like her drinking the wine mm-hmm. and then like just all these different faces in this one page is just fantastic. I, do, I mean, it's so good, but basically you find out this dude says he, he was told he had cancer. He's going to die. So he took out a $10 million loan. And by a $10 million loan, it means he took it from his company he works for. <laughs> um, and he says he gave it to his sister. She's a widow with three little kids. It's money that'll give them security and an education, and I won't owe it back because I'll be dead. And mm-hmm. then they found out he doesn't have cancer. He's going to live. So now he's like, what am I going to do? And this chick is like, <laughs> she's like, do you have the money still? He's like, yeah. And she's like why don't you just, she basically is like, Hey, what I do is I'm a, I do cryptocurrency exchange. She's like, let me, let me try to make this into 20 million. You can pay the 10 million back and you still have the 10 million. 
Oof. And he's like, I don't trust it. She's like, here, let me let me just show you. Give me one million. And it, she basically pumps it in, lets it bounce around for like 30 minutes and boom, makes makes it into two million dollars. And he's like, holy crap. And the entire time she's like, she's like, if it works, then what was it? It was um, if we go, if it works, we go the whole 10 and screw our brains out until it's 20. So <laughs> she 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 puts it in. He's like, oh, my God. And then they have sexy time. Which was lovely. He wakes up, tied to the bed. She's gone. The twenty million, the ten million's gone. Fuck. She's completely gone. And then you find out in like the last conversation that uh, she, someone says, um, that her like contact is like he doesn't have a sister. Or she goes, he said the money was for his sister. He, he doesn't have a sister. I know. <laughs> like, and so it's like the dude's a douchebag. So yeah. It's cool. It's a lot of fun, and it's like a really cool spy book. I mean, other than like Elisa and Yolanda, who's giving us books like these right now? You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. I loved it. It was a lot of fun. Lots of cool characters, and yeah, it's it's. I just love Terry Moore's art. I just love it. I can't, <laughs> I can't explain it. It's just fantastic. So so excited to see a Terry Moore comic on the stands again. All right, next up, I'm going to switch over to IDW, and I'm going to talk about Dungeons and Dragons Annual Number One, 2022. I'm not going to talk too in depth about it, and the reason for that is because well, you'll see in a minute. Written by Jim Zub, uh, second story is written by Ryan Cady, arts by Eduardo Mello, Kyler Claudfelter, Vincenzo Riccardi, colors by Patricio De Puch and Vincenzo Riccardi. And with Augustino Vallejo, and I don't have a letterer list. Oh, there it is, Johanna Natalie. So recently, there was the D and D book, the um, that's about the Feywild. It's like the witch-like carnival and stuff. And I, I pretty sure I told you about it. Mm-hmm. It's like the adventure you can run without a single combat encounter if you want to, really. Right. The first chapter of the or the the f- first story in this is the first chapter of that story. So. Mm. I can't let Liz read this because we're going to run that campaign and it kind of ruins the hook of the whole first one. Um, but I really liked it cause I've read the whole adventure and it's a lot of fun. It's, it's the kind of like hijinks you'd imagine getting up to in a fairy carnival. You know what I mean? It's really great. Um, the second story is kind of like a, a West side story romance type thing, mm-hmm. uh, between two different fairies. One is like a fairy soldier and one is like a fairy thief and they want to leave their respective families and be together. It's, it's really sweet. So I liked it. Um, I thought it was a really cool intro. I really want to get through this campaign just so I can tell people to read it. <laughs> so <laughs> really, really good. Um, I love what IDW is doing with D&D right now. It's great. So that takes us to a book I did not know came out this week because it wasn't on the shelf in any of my three stores. And that is Mindset number two from Vault. So, Josue, tell me about it. I get to best open the vault. <laughs> uh, this one written by Zach Kaplan, art by John Pearson, and letter by Hassan Osmane Elau. We elaborate more on the app where we can, like, mind control people. And it's, it's more like on the one, like, when, like, the guys just, like, barely discovered it. And, like, and they go out and test it and kind of, like, on the do's and don'ts, uh, at least at first, what they should do, like they, 
they kind of control some people like they're in college so, like they make a couple of, like just like frat boys like go out streaking and shit just like to the extent of how like the range of it all um and they come up with like a couple of rules like the three rules but it's kind of like the th- <laughs> it's got like the three rules of robotics that that, that, that it's kind of like the those common ones um but at the end of it towards the end of it it's uh they crash this party and it ends up being like the party of the dude who fired them of like kind of like in the beginning when they're kind of like working working on the app um so they ended up kind of stealing his car and like they just they, they, they get away with so much shit and it's a kind of like an all-nighter uh type of episode and by dawn they're just still like working pretty much like we're gonna change the fucking world with this thing to which we know that they kind of do uh so it's kind of just like the the first the first night outing with the with the app uh for the for the second issue which is it was it was actually very fun yeah hopefully you get to find it I definitely will. Um, like I said, I didn't know to look for it. Yeah. I have a list of books. Like I said, I'm doing my collection right now, so I have a list of books I need to find. Mm-hmm. I already filled a couple holes uh, last time I went to Greg's. So. Nice. Yeah, nice. Awesome. Well, uh, next up, we are going to talk about Image Comics. And we have a small stack this week, but a fun stack. I'll start with a couple solos. A Town Carl Ter- Terror number five. Written by Steve Niles and art by Simon Kujanski with lettering by Marshall Dillon, created by Niles and Kujanski. Um, this is the one with the the boy or the guy who from the very like horror movie themed town with the Frankenstein's and his dad and stuff. Right. Um, going back home, he discovers that he's actually half human because his mother cheated on the father. Oh. Um, with a priest, it looks like. So that's interesting. <laughs> um, and so that's why the dad hates him and. He basically got tricked into coming back here by the father because the father hates him. And there's, I love this book because at least one page every time really catches me, mm-hmm. which is very much like that kind of Steve Niles style anyways. Yeah. But basically the dad and the son get into a fist fight and the dad starts hitting him with a big sledgehammer Oof. over and over in the face and stuff. Oh shit. It's really brutal, right? And at the end, the dad's like, oh, he, he starts to walk away. And then there's like, back from when the sun's coming from, he just says, now it's my turn. And check this out. Oh, oh, fuck. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> right? That's just so beautiful. It's fucking great. Like, look at those wings. Yeah. Oh, it's so It's cool. such a... So... And look, at the, look at the face. If I get to zoom in on the face. It reminds me of Tekken when Jin goes into the transformation yes. sequence. Devil Jin. <laughs> yes, yes, Devil Jin, right? It's so cool. Really, really cool. I'm, I'm liking that a lot. It's a, it's a good visual book, um, and there's a cool. It's a little dark as a visually dark, but I think that makes sense with the cold Transylvania kind of feel. Right. So yeah. Next up is a book. I'm so happy. Hostway has jumped on the bandwagon for oh. Star Hinge number two. Well, I Written. had it last time. I just didn't get a chance to read it. Oh, that's right. That's right. I forgot, and that was the case. But I'm so happy uh, I did. Yeah. Written, illustrated, and lettered by Liam Sharp with uh, some additional art by Matilda McCormick Sharp on a few pages. And font, which I assume is lettering by Dave Gibbons. Um, I loved it. Uh, So you haven't been able to talk about the book yet. Um, But uh, first of all, I, I absolutely love our main character. She's adorable. She's so cute. Yeah. And I hate how much I like her. <laughs> like, <laughs> I just have the biggest crush on her. Despite um, her flaws. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. 
Um, yeah, that's why I'm singles because I'm attracted to people like this. So, <laughs> uh, so I'll just say I really enjoyed the issue. I like the the mixing of sci-fi and fantasy, and then the modern like because it's dealing with like the occult is almost like a horror kind of thing. It's like a cool mix of all these genres. What did you think, Josue, so far of the first two issues? It's such a good mesh of it all. And then to just even even contemplate where, like, it's never gone backwards like this before, where it's just, like, it's almost like, I think, like, if I'm getting it right, it's, like, the point of the book is, like, in the future, in this hyper sci-fi future where there's time travel involved, the mission is to go back in time to to re-spark magic and it's like it's never worked that way it's never like missioned out that way and it's like it's it's such a cool fucking concept and i love that yeah. in the first issue we're like we're like we're recreating this uh this being where it's just like we need a half mer to like to ride the tides and it's like oh shit merfolk and then like half lynn uh for like well i forgot the reason and then like the cliffhanger is like what's your name and it's like oh it's mer merlin it's like oh oh that is sick that is such a <laughs> everything about this is really fucking fun and it's just like it's almost kind of like the other thing i needed that didn't have to be exactly like once in future since that is ending <laughs> and this is still kind of talking about stories but like in a whole different aspect that kind of i'm gonna need it once once that other book is is ending but this is so fucking fun it is so good and visually it's just crazy good yeah it's it's the the visual imagery is so great and I, I just really, really like it. It's so cool. And we've actually had a big gap in another book from Image that I think this kind of nicely fills a little bit. Oh, yes. Which is, we haven't seen Echolands in a yep. very long time. Mm-hmm. And even though it's not thematically similar, I get a big vibe from it. The visuals are oh, very, the visuals. very similar. Like, yeah. So it's really cool to have this while we don't have Echolands. Yeah. And yeah, just it's hard not to make the comparison. But I really right, like right. it. I, I think I like it more than Echo Lands, I'll be honest with you. I like Echo Lands, but it's a little wacky. This is pretty more straightforward. So. <laughs> I, you're right. It's wacky. I I'm gonna need a few more issues of this one because I love how how big it's 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 uh it's treating itself. So I wanna see how serious it is. because um, yeah, the other one is very wacky, but yeah, it's it's also very big as well. So we'll see. They're just both very good books. I also really like the historical info dumps you get. Like, oh, here's yeah. here's a map of the UK. Let's explain why this matters. Here's where Stonehenge <laughs> is going to be. That's very important and stuff like that. I thought that was really cool. I I, I love stuff. I love lore. So you know, nice. Yeah. All right. Next up, I'm going to talk about Slumber Number Six. Oh, uh, man, this book's getting good. Written by Tyler Burton Smith, illustrated by Vanessa Cardinale, colored by Simon Robbins, and letter by Steve Wands. Um, I say it's getting good. It's staying good is what I should say. This is the one with the dream detective trying to kill the nightmare that's possessing people and having them kill people. And um, I thought it was going to be a six issue mini and it's not. It's going to keep going. So I don't know how much longer it's going to go. This is the end of the first arc. Um, So, yeah, I really like it. And I should say that the trade is going to be out on October 12th. So if you guys were trade waiting, this is the time to pick it up. Nice. But yeah, it, it's it ends on kind of a cliffhanger and not a lot is resolved. And I don't want to jump into too much of the spoilers of it. <laughs> but yeah, it's it definitely is the end of an arc, but you can definitely know there's more coming. It's not like it's not like one of those ones we always talk about, like, well, it could end here or it could keep going. No, it's it can't end. <laughs> like it's not done. <laughs> so 
Uh, I'm really enjoying it. I love the art. It's fun. It's whimsical, especially when in the dream world. Um, we find out one thing I'll spoil is we find out why our main protagonist has seen like nightmares in real life. Ooh. It's because when she goes into other people's nightmares and kills their nightmares, they go to her head and she sees them. So every time she does that for you, she's taking that curse on. Basically, That's cool. No, oh, God, that's really that, dope. Like, that sucks, yeah. but yeah. <laughs> I really, really enjoyed it. Like, so. how, how long can you stay a hero that way? Yeah, how long can you stay sane? You know what I mean? <laughs> like, so, yeah, really, really enjoying that, so. And next up is a number one. I'm very excited to talk about this. This is the Deadliest Bouquet number one. Uh, so I got this cover. Yeah. There are a couple different covers, and I really enjoyed it. You might see these skulls in the back. Ooh, it's cool. And one for each of the sisters, okay? So mm-hmm. it's three. It's basically Charlie's Angels if they didn't listen to a guy named Charlie. That's essentially <laughs> what it is, and is much cooler. Um, script by Erica, or script and letters by Erica Schultz. Art by Carola Borelli. Colors by Gab Contreras with editing by James Emmett. Now, I have a very intense love for this book for a specific reason and it's because we kickstarted this book last year nice and so i have the whole first volume already oh cool and erica signed it for me so nice (laughs) so yeah so i'm very excited about this um and yeah this is the kevin wada cover Mm -hmm. so it's a different cover than the other one but um it's it was a really cool kickstarter so i've already the first volume i won't get into too much of the spoiler spoilers um but basically it's these three sisters and their mother is murdered and they're determined to figure out who did it and it's called the deadliest bouquet because the mother ran a um a flower nursery mm-hmm so it's all about that, and the brother and the sisters don't really get along at all, and they're it's just really really interesting. And it goes into the like the family history, and why they're all kind of the way they are. Like there's a line at one point it was like I'm not burying another body in the backyard, oh. like, and you're kind of like what? <laughs> like so it talks about that and what that means, and like it's just cool. The sisters are super distinct, but also all really interesting. And the cops suspect there's something more going on. So you got this cop mystery going on. It's really cool. And it is a mature book. It's rated mature. Mm-hmm. So you can expect a lot of like violence and cool stuff in it. Really like this. I'm so glad that Image picked it up out of the Kickstarter. That's cool. Because, yeah, it was one of the ones I really liked. It was originally from Vice's Press. So, mm. yeah, really, really cool. Cannot wait. And, yeah. Next up. Josue, I don't know if you picked this up. I really hope you did. Love Everlasting, number one. Oh, absolutely. Thank God. Good. I I know, it, it, not even for King, but for Elsa. I, I wanted an, yeah, another yeah. Elsa book after November, and it's been too long since then. I'm just happy to see Tom King doing something besides DC for a bit. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah. So written by Tom King and drawn by Elsa Charitier. I mm-hmm. hope I say that right. Sure, TA. Uh, who is another person that we kickstarted recently. <laughs> so with the, the book that was made in October with one page made every day. Mm. So that was cool. Matt Hollingsworth as the colorist and Clayton Cowles as the letterer. Which cover did you get? Because there was a bunch. Oh, I know. Um, there was one I left behind. If it's still there, I will get it later. But I went with cover A for now. Nice. I went with the noir looking cover. 
Oh, that one's good. Because I'm a sucker for noir stories. So. Yeah, I, I that one was the second the second one I the second one I liked the most. There was the other one where it's like it's like split in like split in three ways. And it's like because mm-hmm. like obviously what we're going to talk about. Um, I, I like that cover a lot. Yeah. So this book is so unique. Yeah. It's so different, and I really really liked it. Um, it's a story about a girl and she's in love and all she wants to do is just be in love and her name is Joan and we get this great story of how she falls in love with the guy her best friend is dating and oh oh no and they work together oh no and he kissed her oh my gosh what am I gonna do and then it just wraps up in like this really cool like like old school love comic fashion like like the old school marvel like patsy walker comics before she became hellcat and stuff yeah. like that where it's just like oh they broke up a while ago we can be together and then he's like you can't work for me anymore because you will be my wife <laughs> and it's like oh and it's like oh this is sweet and i'm like that wasn't really a question but all right george and so then we get another story i'm like oh this is another version of joan that's cool She's fell in love with a hippie musician. That's interesting. Well, we're just going to tell a bunch of love stories. I'm like, that's cool. I mean, I would be fine with that if that was the book. But it's not. <laughs> it's so much more than that. Because as she's sitting there, thinking about this hippie boy and walking around, she says, where's George? And then she's like, wait, what? No. And then she just keeps going. And this starts happening a little bit more and more. She's like, didn't I marry George? And you're like, <sighs> And it tells that whole story, and of course it ends in happy love. Great. And then we tell a Western story where there's two cowhands fighting over her, <laughs> Chad and Bill. And the entire time she's like, wait, what about George? And what about this other guy? And she has a mental breakdown and wanders off into the desert. And we get this insane twist. And then we get a teaser of another story. Something's going on here. This is amazing this is a really tom king story is what i'll say in the best ways i love this book i cannot wait to see where where they go with this because you could go anywhere with this anywhere <laughs> it's like it's twisted in a way that's like like almost like i'm trying to think of who, who even to compare it to like what's the furthest place from here like what's the furthest place from twisted what's, you know what's what I mean? the furthest like, place from here mixed with uh with the current moira mctaggart story <laughs> yes there we go yeah it's insane <laughs> it just, you're like it, it's literally so i'm usually really good at predicting where things will go i have zero idea where this is going absolutely to go. yeah because like it's uh, we didn't get dropped with like what the plot is it's just what's happening literally in the moment so it's like yeah i have no idea either but i'm so intrigued yeah like my first thought was oh it's the good place mm-hmm. like the show the good place <laughs> like <laughs> like i'm like oh she's like in a world where she's living on her fantasies maybe she finds love and then is whisked away immediately when she gets it maybe she's being punished that was my first thought but i don't know it could be anything that's just a guess so. right <laughs> Anything else you want to add about it? Because yeah, not. It's just very interesting for like the the start because it is very like just old school comics and that just, like it's like in those love story aspects, but the way it just kept going and going and calling back and back. So it's like yeah, I, I need to find out what is going on because the way she just like the way she just blips into the next one, just like ready to go, but then it takes her a second to recall back. So it's like yeah, what is happening? Yeah, it's great. 
Next up, our final image book of the week. <laughs> I'll give a quick update. I got a physical copy of 8 Billion Genies number three. Yes. Uh, it is a second printing, but that's fine. Mm-hmm. I'll deal with Put it. Put it in your pull list. Yes. Luckily, I was able to secure a first printing of 8 Billion Genies number four. Uh, written by Charles Soule. Art, colors, design, and cover A by Ryan Brown. And letters by Chris Crank. This is the only book that calls him Chris Crank. Oh, Everybody nice. else just puts crank. It's very interesting, I thought. So, anyways. Oh, boy, this book. Um, I love this book. I love this book. And it's like, and it's, I'll say it again. I'll say it every fucking time. It's like the book that I'm like the most scared of. It's. This was the grimmest issue of comics I read this week by a pretty wide margin, just based on the superhero boy and what he went through. Where it's just. He's being a superhero and he's fighting supervillains and they're killing some of the superheroes and he's killing supervillains and he's 12 and it's so grim and fucked. And I love it. Like, I'm just like, oh God, it's so just, uh, it makes me really uncomfortable. But the other thing, and I don't think I want to talk too much about this specific revelation is about the true identity of the bartender. Oh man. Yes, very interested to what's going on there. Um, yeah, I'm not sure. It, it should be. Yeah, <laughs> we'll get into it. Also, the superhero boy meets a new group of people in a very like safe place. And it does not escape my notice that that guy is wearing a suit that is the exact same pattern as the genies. Mm-hmm. I mean, so, like with the yeah. revelation, are they going to like start showing themselves more now? Yeah, because like when you see when you see the, when you, we get the revelation, like his face goes a little like that too. Yeah, um, we'll see. <laughs> I, I really liked it. It's insane, and of course we get our customary picture of what the Earth looks like now, which is insanity. And, so. and it is sad. <laughs> the Earth is sad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what do you think? Um, it is just so like it's, it's just it is so bonkers and so fucking funny, and at the same time just scary to think to just being outside of just the bar. And just try to survive out here. But then it's like, again, like the hilarity of like thinking of like what some douchebag thought to wish for some idiot fanatic to finally cave and to finally, well, that's the whole point, right? To finally get his wish and say, I wish that the Tigers would win the Super Bowl or get the the, the Lombardi trophy. And that's what you get on top of one of those skyscrapers. It's just this giant, I think, actual anthropomorphic tiger in a jersey holding up the Lombard trophy <laughs> and just wasted just wish wasted right there yep uh also in the map of the earth i would like to point out that the um and by the way it's the lions the lions thank you because they lions have won a single playoff game in their entire existence and they've been around since <laughs> that's the been better <laughs> like so yeah um literally no other team has never has only won one playoff game <sighs> and they've been around like the Buccaneers have only been around a couple, like a couple decades. Like it's ridiculous. Anyway, <laughs> football. Um, in that map of the earth, I would like my favorite part about it is there are now three Mount dooms. <laughs> oh, I know <laughs> because the last issue was like, there's two Mount dooms now because fucking Lord of the Rings fans are just like, Oh, we want to go to Sauron. And, you know, it's like, now there's three. And I'm like, that's fantastic. <laughs> 
that's my favorite little bit about it. So, yeah. <laughs> Good stuff. Always chock full of some dramatic stuff. Also, we should mention there's a massive time skip. And where the characters all get to know each other. Oh, yeah. And I thought that was really interesting. Most of it was off screen, but I thought it was cool to see. I, that, that's right. Before we move on, I do like that about this book. That like it, each issue is about um, eight increments longer. And I actually like that because I got the first two issues were so fast paced. Everything was being thrown in our faces. And the last issue kind of like slowed down a bit, but not here at what was it supposed to be like eight days or eight weeks later. Yeah, you're right. Like we really took our time with the characters actually socializing, getting to know each other. So you do, I, I do like that. We, it's like, it's slowly being able to tell the story instead of just being fast paced. Like, like it, like it started. Um, but yeah, it's like, it's, I, I like, I like, I like, I noticed that too. And I like that the, uh, the band is getting better because they're practicing every day. <laughs> they're getting better. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. All right, well, that's it for Image. I'm ready to move on to DC if you are. Yes. All right, let's talk about some DC comics. And, uh, yeah, I got quite a few, but I'm going to start really quickly by giving a shout-out. They were giving away a free issue number one of Sandman reprint with the um, nice. TV show cover. I'm not going to review it because it's Sandman, but it's really cool. Check it out. Your pro- comic store probably has it. Make sure to pick one up, especially if you've never read it. It's a really good way to hook you. So, speaking of which, have you watched the series? No, I have not started it. I am, I am on the Hobgadlin episode. Oh, okay. So, yeah, which is probably going to be one. It's the death episode mm-hmm. and Hobgadlin in one episode. So, nice. okay. it's probably going to be my favorite episode because it's two of my favorite things. Yeah, so, and I approve of everything that's happened so far. By the way, ooh, cool. So, in case anyone's wondering, <laughs> so all right, now we're going to talk about comics. Dark Crisis. Okay, let's let's talk about the longest title in comics. <laughs> Dark Crisis, Worlds Without a Justice League, Green Lantern. Also Wait, featuring Hot Girl. <laughs> it's not supposed to... Isn't it, it's, not, it's not Dark Crisis on Infinite Earths? This was printed before then, I assume. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, we've kind of figured out what's going on with the Justice League. And for those still confused, I'm going to read the intro here. The Justice League have fallen. Blah, 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 blah. They're dead. Or are they? Needing power to fuel his deadly machinations, Pariah has imprisoned the essence of each Justice League member on custom-made worlds using his ever-growing dark abilities. Each world has been created from the innermost hopes of the Justice League. What Pariah intends to do with these worlds is a mystery. So, the Superman one from last time, with, you know, where he screwed up the peace treaty between apocalypse and you know and everything right that was i guess clark's innermost hopes <laughs> so that was interesting <laughs> this one is green lantern and in this case it's john stewart oh. and in this world he is the guardian which is basically the emerald knight what he is now mm-hmm. and he has this whole group of green lanterns that he commands And they're basically patrolling and controlling the whole, you know, galaxy. Well, he ends up retiring and he goes back, but basically they need to call him out of retirement to help them every once in a while. And he he comes back to fight this creepy baby thing. So, okay. Yeah. Very black lantern. (laughs) I think it, I think that looks like one of the black lantern things, but I might, I haven't read blackest night in a while. Uh huh. 
but basically he shows up and saves the day and that's kind of his thing is he's he's always going to be there to save the day cuz he's he's John he's great uh the backup story oh i should mention that story written by Philip Kennedy Johnson art by Fernando Blanco color by Jordi Belair and letter by Troy Pateri the second story is the one for hot girl and that's written by Jeremy Adams art by Jack Herbert color by Alex Gamarras and letter by Troy Pateri as well um it's less eventful, but I mean, it pretty much is what you would think for a hot girl story. And I really, really liked it. It's very archaeological. Uh, also, this outfit. I'm feeling this outfit. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. It's a good design. Here's a better shot of the, the helm. Yeah, that is super dope. So sleek. Yeah, I really dig it. So, yep. So that's pretty much it as far as that one goes. Our next one is uh, Wonder Woman. So we'll, that's next month, I guess. So we'll see. Good stuff, though. And our next Dark Crisis book is Wonder Woman, but our next book to review is also Wonder Woman. Josue, talk to me about Wonder Woman 790. Oh, man, 10 more for the big one, 800. Uh, but this one, right now, sticking with the team, I'm actually really happy that the, the team, this team has been running it for at least like yeah, these last 20 issues uh, with Michael W. Conrad and Becky Cloonan. Emola Lampacino, Jose Luis, and Eduardo uh, Bantina on the pencils. Uh, Wade Von Grabadger and Julio Ferrer on the inks. Tamara Bonville on the colors. And Pat Brazu on the lettering. So, the team actually uh, finally fights back. And in this case, let's see. Um, Edda fights back on Dr. Calculus and just basically makes him doubt his... Uh, numbers and he's like oh shit the numbers are wrong and she just ends up getting at that point she frees herself with the scalpel she had and is like fucks up his machine and it's like he's just some regular nerd so she just like overpowers him he sucks when Wonder Woman shows up and obviously he's not going to do anything Um, then they go to bust out um, Siggy and um, Trevor and just Siggy with again the sexiest of poses (laughs) <laughs> and only pretty much only to show it to no other than to Steve Trevor. That's uh, the exact same pose I use for my certain POV profile. Nice. <laughs> if you look at that episode of, of uh, Screen Snark I did with him, I'm doing the exact same thing. It's great. <laughs> nice. <laughs> uh, so they fight, or Vasiki fights um, Dr. Poison. Um, but then Steve gets like uh, comes from behind her and just like injects her with something. So she goes down. And now Diana goes after fuckface himself and dr psycho um and he's just a guy so he's just the fucking worst um while still like while still commanding her so he's still treating um god he calls her sweetheart but it's like the glass version that image maker made of 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 diana and kind of using her as like as a bodyguard like to fight her um but he treats her so bad at the end. There's like, there's like this orb. That's kind of like where he's kind of been focusing like his psychic abilities, which to kind of like to range out. And at one point where he's finally going to aim at Diana, God, fuck it. Let's just call it sweetheart for now. She dives in to take the, to take that, that mind blast and shatters herself. Like she first like kind of cracks the, that like crystal orb. And then as she dives in from the psychic blast, she just like also shatters and Diana just like just gives him a lecture that he's just not going to listen to. Um, and so they just tie him up. Like, we'll let the cops deal with him. This, that, that whole milk, uh, 
scam that he was running, it's still kind of playing in the background. There's like some shadowy figures that were talking about it. That it's obviously he was like Doctor Psycho was never important, but I could think that this it'll, it'll still play out later. Um, and then to close it off, back at the at Checkmate HQ, um, let's see. That's right, Steve. Yeah, I was like, there's one more thing here. Um, Steve makes another um, makes an innuendo towards towards Siggy over um, polishing a sword for too much, and it's just like, <laughs> and and Edda with the call out, you two need to get out more, and it's like, please, please, please let them go out more, please, DC. I'm begging you. I really fucking love this couple. It's made it's made Steve Trevor so much more fucking interesting. But anyway. Um, to steal a, to steal a scene, um, see, he's like, oh shit, did I step into a time machine? And it's like, oh shit, look at you. And Diana rolls in, or Wonder Woman rolls in with some coffee. And for the next operation, you can call me Diana Prince. So she might be taking a little more civilian lifestyle, just to take it in the background. Interesting. Yeah, very interesting. It's weird because she's dead. It's weird. <laughs> I know. In my in my mind, my, my, my I can't do it. <laughs> I finished reading it, and it's like, oh, that's how they're doing it. It's not like literal; it's just metaphorical. Just she's, should we play in the background, just putting the mantle away? No, obviously not. But <laughs> I'm just trying to make myself feel better. God damn it, DC. <laughs> Which leads us to our other Amazonian book of the week: Nubia Queen of the Amazons, number three. Written by Stephanie Williams, penciled by Aletha Martinez, inked by Mark Morales, jo- John Levesey, and Aretha Martinez, uh, colored by Alex Guimaraes, and lettered by Becca Carey. Every time I get one of these, I'm like, oh yeah, there's only going to be four issues in this book. Yeah. Shameful. But um, I'm always going to remember her for these beautiful covers. Oh, that's nice. I got the, the Yara Floor cover. I mean, yeah. That's who I am. <laughs> I'm <laughs> fine with that. Um but yeah, it's really cool. We get to see more about her. This is the biggest revelation of her origin before her, before she became an Amazon. We found mm-hmm. out more about her, her real name, and kind of like where this necklace came from that we've been learning about and stuff. And it's been really cool. And I really like the way it's going. Um, and just the art is always fantastic. I just love Alita's art. The hair, just this shot of the hair. Look at that. Looks incredible. I know. I fucking love that shot. Yeah. It does tack into that trope of no, I need to do it by myself when it doesn't really feel like you need to. No. But that's fine. <laughs> um I wanted at least Hot Girl to go with her. That would have been cool. I was waiting for that. I was waiting for that to happen so bad. But yeah, there's only one issue left. We'll see. I'm curious to see what the future of these characters are after this series. What's gonna happen? Mm-hmm. Because we keep going from many to many to many, and I'm like, are we going to, I mean, you know, like, right, you're obviously, had one. you're taking us somewhere, over. like, give us that ongoing, give us that concrete book that we all want, like, come on. Yeah, just call it the Amazons. Yeah. And you can do it, like, you can even do it Batman Urban Legends style, do four stories, have a Yara Flora story, have a Nubia story, have an Artemis story. Over the, yeah, over the yeah. tribes, hell yeah. I would be totally down with that. So just. That that one's free, DC. You don't have to charge me for it. It's a free idea. <laughs> They're gonna sue you for it. <laughs> yeah. They're gonna strip steal it. I'm like, hey, that was my idea. They're like, yeah, you said it was free, bitch. So <laughs> they're gonna play it back at me and shit. <laughs> like, all right, next up, Superman Son of Kal-El, number fourteen. Um 
So in the last issue, uh, John's boyfriend had his identity revealed, oh, his secret right. identity. Mm-hmm. And so there's like this whole thing of like, you know, what are we going to do now? And it's it's pretty cool. I'll show you in a minute. But written by Tom Taylor, art by Sian Tormi, color by Federico Blee, and letter by Dave Sharp. So the truth, his little or- news organization slash superhero team, they gather together and John gives him an outfit from the future uh, that was in the uh, Fortress of Solitude. And it's the Gossamer outfit. And so now, um, now he has, Jay has his own costume. Oh, nice. And it's cool. I really, really? like it. Oh, ooh, I like it. I dig yeah, it. It's really cool. And like, I like the hood. I mean, I'm of the opinion that every superhero's costume should have hoods. You know what I mean? Well, like, I, I I actually prefer it. Like they started doing this on Marvel. Like there's like a trend in the Marvel comics uh, post 2010s where like um, the the fucking the goddamn instead of mask they were hoods. Like a lot of oh, times, yeah? like Wolverine, Wolverines and caps just like would just come off and like they would just like be like on the, around their neck and they would just like pop them back on. I mean, like. I love the one with Miles. Obviously, he has that hoodie one, and obviously Gwen is the first one that pops up yeah. my head. You know, so yeah, I love it. But there's a moment in this book that I have to talk about because it's one of my favorites of the week. Um, so John is talking to the truth, and he's trying to convince them all to help him because it's like this whole group of superheroes, like these like people you've never heard of, basically, right? Mm-hmm. And He's like, we need to do this. And they're like, why should we do that? Why should we trust you? And it's great because, like, one person says, um, Superman has obviously made up his mind about it, this. And uh, there's a voice from off screen that says, no, he hasn't. John doesn't prejudge just me or trust me. I'm his best friend and I used to be an assassin. Damian Wayne shows up. Oh. Right? It's the first time we've seen each other in a very long time. I can't remember the last time they were together except for Super Sons. So post-John growing up? Yeah, right? He says, Robin, he goes, you were seriously planning to lead an assault on a dictatorship without me? And they hug. Oh. And it's great. He's like, why are you hugging me? He's like, I saw a shocking vision of your death. He's like, I'll allow it. Then the best part comes because one of the people in the truth goes... Where the hell did you even come from? And John goes, he does this. It's infuriating. And the other one goes, we're on a submarine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I love it. It's so fucking nonsensical, but amazing. Like, I, I just imagine Damien being like, I'm going to hide on the submarine as it lifts, lifts and off. Just wait. And wait for the most dramatic moment. <laughs> it's like Damien is like the Chang of the DC universe. <laughs> it's so good. Like, I love it. It's I, The book is so good. Like, I like how they use guest stars in that book so well. Mm-hmm. Between Nightwing and uh, now Damien and all these side characters, Dreamer, I love Dreamer. Like they're just oh, using yeah. side characters so well in that book to the point that it's. I think this is the longest I've gone buying every issue of a Superman book. Nice, like because I don't really, I really kind of fade out of Superman, and most of the time I buy Same. the minis. But this is fourteen issues, and I have them all. So, nice, yeah. Which brings me next to Gotham. Let's go down some Gotham books. Batman Urban Legends number 18. I got this cover. 
because I love The Outsiders a lot. Oh, that is a dope cover. Yeah. Um, so, four stories as always. Uh, Signal and the Outsiders, written by Brandon Thomas, art by Alberto Jimenez Albuquerque, colored by John Calise, and letter by Steve Wands. There's Batman Ed Etrigan the Demon, written by Henry Baraja, and art by Serge Acuna, colored by Dave McCaig, letter by Hassan Atsmani Alhau. There's the Pennyworth Files, chapter one. Story and art by Chris Burnham, colors by Nathan Fairburn and letters by Russ Wooten. And then there's Batman and Robin in Night Terrors by Teeny and Blake Howard, art by Max Rayner, Hi-Fi doing the colors, and Josh Reed doing the lettering. Oh, and Bell and Bo, there's a fifth story in this one. Written by Greg Hahn, art by Mike Norton, color by Marissa Louise, and lever by Travis Lanham. Oh, there's so much to talk about. Okay, so um, I'm mostly going to focus on the first issue, first one, which I really enjoyed. It is signaling outsiders, and the thing they recently came up with the gimmick for the outsiders is they're going to have the core group, which is Black Lightning, Katana, Metamorpho, and Signal. And the fifth member is going to be a rotational person, whoever's there basically at the time. And so you see bits like Robin and the Outsiders. And then like a page later, you see Green Arrow and the Outsiders, Mr. Miracle and the Outsiders. And it's really cool. And they're going through this whole thing. And Signal is just exhausting himself trying to do all this, right? Mm-hmm. And in the end, um, they, they're they taking on a big mission. And Batman is basically like, hey, listen, I'm your fifth person for this mission. <laughs> like, deal with it, basically. I'm going with you. And so they're, they're going on this mission. This is the only one of these that, well, one of the two, that seems to be more than one parter. Mm, okay. Most of them are getting one parters. Um, the Pennyworth Files is chapter one, so I presume. Uh, the second one is uh, Etrigan the Demon, which is a lot of fun. I always love Etrigan. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's a great little one shot. Uh, the Pennyworth Files is really cool. I really like the art for it. Um, I'll give you like, a shot for it. Okay, I think it's really cool. Oh, nice. Yeah. It's going to be like a very, obviously an Alfred-centric story mm-hmm. and going to be like um, like mystery-based, spy-based, that kind of thing. So, uh, The Robin and Batman one is really cool. I really enjoyed it. Uh, <laughs> it's, um, it's Tim. And so, I mean, you know, <laughs> but still, it's still pretty cool. It's, it's like an Arkham story. I enjoyed it. Um, and the last one, Bell and Bow, I, I just really liked. I thought it was really cute. Uh, I like the art for it a lot. It's it's like kind of a, based around the Iceberg Lounge mm-hmm. and a r- really cool story of that self. So, yeah, good stuff. I'm glad this is still going and they're doing multi-part stories again because I was kind of worried they were just doing one-shots until they canceled the book. So, Gotcha. Next up. Also, uh, the other thing. I love the back covers of these books because they always have something featuring one of the stories. And this one has a cool Etrigan drawing in the back. Oh, that is cool. Yeah, so it's got his little quote, Fate has finally answered the call, Etrigan the Demon. <laughs> so, yeah. Next Bat book, Batgirls 9. I got this cover. Oh, that's fine. It's my girls. Uh, written, I already know, but let me get to it anyways. Because I'm pretty sure it is Michael W. Conrad and Becky Clunan. <laughs> Where is it? Oh, it's going to be at the back, isn't it? Yeah. Becky Clinton and Michael W. Conrad. Uh, art by Neil Gouge. I've never said that name before, so I hope that I said that right. Uh, Oops. <laughs> colors by Rico Renzi and letter by Becca Carey. Josue was heartily offended by my pronunciation. I apologize. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, and so this story is like kind of the post Batgirls saved the day and defeated the bad guys story. But something else is going on. And there's like the old man that Stephanie thinks is um, a bad guy, a murderer, and she's always watching him. Everybody's like, leave him alone. Uh, Alyssa Yao um, makes an appearance, uh, which is one of the best Batgirl supporting characters. Who was supposed to be in the movie as well. I think this was published when the, or I think this was written when the movie was still planned. We'll get to why. So uh, Alicia is going to be opening a cafe, I believe. And so they're like, oh, we can hang out there, you know. Um, We get a great page of Cass in the bookstore just getting books. And just being a little anti-social gremlin. She's the best. That's awesome. (laughs) And then we get the opposite of her, which is Stephanie, on the roof in a mini pool, kitty pool. (laughs) Spying on the neighbor. I love of her course. So it just, oh my perfect. God, that's so perfect. <laughs> yeah. They fight KG Beast, and it's kind of like a, they kind of, it's almost like a for fun fight. It's kind of weird. Like they're just doing it because they could. Um, and then the neighbor that Steph is suspicious was a murderer was murdered. So <laughs> it definitely wasn't him. <laughs> so we don't know what's going to happen. They get a cipher code they have to break and everything. And in the end, the new villain, who is probably going to be the big bad of this, at least this arc, is pretty sure that's Firefly. Uh, oh, oh, I he see. Also going to be the big bad for the movie. Yep. Awkward. Very. <laughs> like, um, I like the book. At least I'm getting the book, so that's cool. I love, I love just keep keeping up with my Batgirls because I love them all. Not equally, I'll just say that, <laughs> but I love them all because <laughs> no one competes with Barbara in my heart besides Gwen. But anyways, yeah, I love the book. It's a lot of fun. I can't wait for the ne- this next arc. Um, if we're going to have Firefly and I-, I like the idea and how this murder ties into it and everything. I think it's going to be really cool. I'm really worried about the bookstore because bookstores burn really well and they've been spending a lot of time there. So, yeah, we'll see. Next up. Hosway was unable to secure a copy of Future State Gotham number 16. Again. <laughs> why is it? I was like, why is it always this book you can't find a copy of? Like, Dude, I, I, I've, this is the second time I've, or this is the first time I've, I've heard it on the same day from two different stores now when I try to look for it. And it's just like, people aren't digging it up here, dude. People just aren't yeah. digging it up here. And it's like, but it's a good one. I, I have fun with this one, but I just need to add it to my pull list so it's actually ordered. Yeah. Um, Basically, what you need to know is, well, here, let me run through the creative team. Written by Dennis Culver, art by Jaffo, and a letter by Troy Pateri. And I did get the Simone DeMeo cover for this one, which is pretty sick looking, actually. It's it's Dick, but you can see the reflection of his katana. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So, um, basically, it's Oops All Batmans. Like, you know how we have, like, six Batmans running around right now? Mm-hmm. They all come together. <laughs> So literally all six of them are in the same place now. And Damien's like, I'm going to kill all the Batmans, even though he's also Batman. But yeah. So, but it, it honestly, it's been the entire issue. Just setting that up is essentially what happened. So you didn't miss, an, miss anything super important, except for, you know how like the whole Bat family was trying to beat up Dick. Mm-hmm. It basically overdosed on brain to stop them. Oh shit. And now he's like fucking floating and shit. <laughs> like 
He's like, I am. There's only one Batman, and I'll never die. <laughs> <laughs> He's so dramatic. I love it. Why are people hating this book? It's so ridiculous. I know it's great. My yeah. head, my head canon is that it is canon. It's like everything about this book. <laughs> yes. I, I I agree with that, except for Damien becoming Batman six six six. Oh my god! <laughs> I just want Damien to be happy. <laughs> like stop torturing my boy. All right, my final DC book is Harley Quinn, another Harley Quinn book. I think it's three weeks in a row that we got a Harley Quinn book. And they're doing another old Batman cover homage. And I love this one. Oh, those are so, so cute. I love them, dude. Um, so this is continuing the story of Task Force XX. And um, written by Stephanie Phillips, art by Georges Duarte, colored by Romulo Fajardo Jr., and letter by Anne World. Yeah, basically, so this team, they have to go to the moon and, you know, stop this specific science experiment and everything. And it's fun. It's a lot of fun. Uh, we lose we lose at least one team member because it's a Task Force X of the sort, so we have to. Uh, we get a really cool Grundy moment, which I know you love yourself some Grundy. Yeah. And then a kind of a big climactic moment at the end with the um, with the experiment. I really like it. I like the team. There's people on this team that have to survive. I don't care what anyone says. And I'll just say it's Killer Frost. <laughs> so don't kill Killer Frost. I love Killer Frost. So, And of course, Harley and Grundy, of course, have to make it out. But it's really cool. And yeah, I did, these covers are such a good idea, dude. Like, I love them. And I just love how, like, like I could look at the old cover and look at this one. And Batman's expression is the same. <laughs> but I really read something different into it with with oh, okay. yeah. Like he looks kind of like, uh. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. It's so good. It's probably the exact same drawing. They probably did nothing to it, but I was like, right. yeah, that's what it looks like. So, uh, before before we move on from DC, um, I I yeah. wanted an update from last week's uh, Batman one twenty six because I didn't talk about the 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 closing part. Uh, Chip is also doing this like side Catwoman story. And I just want to talk about the most hilarious part. The side story is basically um, executor, um, basically this robot that's a uh, that he's, he's basically <laughs> he, he's basically reading. It's this robot. He's reading um, the Cobblepot's will, and he hired Black Cat to find the suitors. And only every time Black Cat's look is uh, she's finding she's going after Cobblepot's many kids, and she keeps finding them dead. And then she goes after like the one that's kind of like the one that's actually recognized by Cobblepot, like the actual one, the one crime lord. And she finds him dead. Like she, she finds like the killer strangling him. Um, he gets away. He dies. Um, and so the next day, uh, she goes up to the robot again. And she's like, "Yo, like she's like, I'm looking for all these kids. What about the fucking mothers? Like, it's like, what do you mean? It's like, yes, yeah, he he ab- he abandoned these kids, but he also abandoned these mothers that had to then raise these kids. What about the what about their part of it all? And right then and then, it's like that won't be necessary because fucking um, Addison." And then her brother, with her brother Aiden, Cobblepot show up. It's, I think it's like Penguin's sister. <laughs> um, so they basically cross-reference the DNA. She checks out. And the executor's kind of like, all right, so we anticipated this. So since you're here, yeah, you did get something. Um, you're the proud new owners of the Iceberg Lounge and the Oswald Cobblepot's various property holdings. So if you see her around, that's because this is where it happened. And she's like, damn right. And as for Mr. Cobblepot's liquid assets... He bequeaths his fortune of ten point eight million dollars to the to the flights and fancy bird sanctuary in Metropolis. 
My man. <laughs> My man. Not even in Gotham. Not, not even... even in Gotham. Fuck Gotham. <laughs> <laughs> One last fuck Gotham. I love it. <laughs> so she's super pissed about it. Yeah, she has to like earn the fucking money again. Uh, but yeah, I just have to update on that part. <laughs> she doesn't even have the money to run the iceberg. Line. <laughs> nope. <laughs> Amazing. Awesome. All right. Yeah. Now let's switch over to some Marvel books and. Uh, yeah, I'm excited. We got a couple good ones here. Got a couple of number ones. We're going to start off with some number ones, including a one shot. Yes. Ghost Rider Vengeance Forever. Um, written by Benjamin Percy, art by Juan Jose Uripe, color by Brian Valenza, and letter by Travis Lanham. Um, I really enjoyed this. Um, it's basically a mini anthology about a bunch of different um, ghostwriters over the years. Mm -hmm. And they did a really good job of highlighting all of them, (laughs) pretty much. Yeah, I thought it was a really cool uh, way to do it, including Vengeance, who I have a weakness for. fuck yeah. I have have a real weakness for it. Especially Um, how it came up. (laughs) It's like, okay, you know, let's talk about that part really quick. Because the whole Midnight Suns part with Vengeance is the tramp stamp. And it's just so perfect. <laughs> yes. So uh, we should make this clear. Um, Ghost Rider's getting tattoos for the first time. And the tattoos are revealing the stories. That's how it works. And when he leaves, he's absolutely covered in tattoos, which is fantastic. Even a face tattoo, a half face tattoo is awesome. Yeah. Um, but also, it even included Ghost Rider 2099, which was really cool shout out. I love mm-hmm. that. So. Um, but yeah, yeah, I definitely got some Midnight Suns like longing from that. Uh, we got the old cowboy Ghost Rider caretaker. Like, I, I like the like the caretaker's origins. Caretaker, thank you. I couldn't remember the name. Um, yeah, and just it's just dope. Like I love it. Uh, I love like the little like sometimes there's only a little difference between the Ghost Riders, mm-hmm. like between Blaze and Catch, especially like. Right. But it's the cool little like touches I really like. Um, but yeah, Vengeance, Vengeance was awesome. Like, ah, just it's such a great book to kind of touch on how big it is. And obviously, um, you know, our boy, the all writer, getting his cool story too, because he that's my boy over in Avengers Forever. <laughs> you know, I can't wait for him to do more. Um but yeah, I thought it was really cool to kind of like uh give us this ghostwriter like background. I'm wondering like why? Because usually they do this when it's around something happening. And like, and again, we did get that missed opportunity with Bryson. So like, unless they're kind of bringing that around, but it wasn't really focusing on bringing the right. Well, kind of, but not in that way. Because even Catch ended up turning into Vengeance towards the end of that. So it's kind of like obviously maybe that's getting rewritten. Um, so yeah, I don't know. Like, yeah, there's re- there's really no destination yet to to Percy's for first arc right now. It's just kind of like been like a destination of the week type type of uh, craziness. Yeah. The only ghostwriter I think they missed, I, I didn't see anything for Kashala. Did you? Um, no, I didn't see anything for Kashala. It, it didn't take it that far back. The the first ghostwriter. That was the, my thing. I was like, I don't think it went that far back. The the furthest back it went is like, I really actually like the primitive um, bear that somehow sparked a oh, deal. Yeah. That was awesome. But then after that, the witches that are being burned at the stake. And then, dude, that witch looks so fucking sick as a ghostwriter. I want yeah. that many at, like, at, at least. <laughs> Yeah, it's a Spider-Verse, but make it Ghost Rider. Oh, absolutely. I'll take that fucking verse all day long. Yeah, definitely. So, awesome. All right, next up, a couple of number ones that have things in common. These, I think these are actually one-shots. 
Miss Marvel and Wolverine number one. Mm. I got my favorite combination of words, the Peach Momoko cover. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, look at my oh, cool. perching up there. Yeah. So this is the beginning of a, I believe, a multi-part arc, which <laughs> is going to be similar to the Moon Girl one I'm going to talk about in a bit, which is each issue is going to be her team with a different person or team. Nice. So this is her with Wolverine, written by Jody Hauser, art by Zay Carlos, color by Eric Arcianega, and letter by Travis Lanham. Uh, basically, the treehouse, uh, the Krakoan treehouse in New York City, is attacked by a swarm of robots, and Miss Marvel happens to be in the park and helps the X-Men stop it, basically. Wolverine remembers her because their first team up ever was with Wolverine. So they kind of make a point of that. Hmm. And it's really cool. Um, she teams up with the X-Men. Um, like the X-Men main X-Men team show up to help her. Then they think it's over and they leave. Her and Wolverine are sitting there. And then the, another swarm of bugs comes. And so they get more backup, including our girl Storm. Hell yeah. Fine. Like, yeah. With the and Brotherhood also, outfit. <laughs> Very surprisingly, I was very happy to see it. Her other backup was armor and penance. So at least oh. Monet gets to be in one book. Hell yeah. Like, <laughs> you bastards who voted for Firestar, <laughs> you know who you are. Um, but yeah, it's really cool. And basically, they make a point of like, hey, we're not going to forget what you did for us. You know, like the mutants like you. Don't worry about that. You know? Hell yeah. But the next team up is going to be Moon Knight and Miss Marvel. Nice. Which sounds. Fucking weird, and I it sounds so wait. weird. Yeah, <laughs> like uh, also, she just has like the best experience, the best time like outside with with Stephen Grant instead. It's like no Moon Knight. Yeah, i I have a new theory. I think they might make mutants and Inhumans the same thing in the MCU. Just throwing it out there. Ooh, I think they're just going to make them a single source, mm-hmm. and that way that like she kind of like straddles it. And making humans basically people who have mutations. They have latent mutations that don't come out without the Terrigen Mist. Right. Just mutants who didn't mutate. Done. Easy. So, just throw it out there. Anyways. Uh, next up, Avengers and Moon Girl. This is following up on the Miles Morales and Moon Girl team up. Uh, okay. Where Devil Dinosaur has gone missing. Written by Mohale Mashigo. Uh, art by Dio Navis, Salva Espin, and Bruno Oliveira. Colors by Rochelle Rosenberg and letter by Travis Lanham. So, yeah. Um... Moon Girl's looking for Devil Dinosaur and can't find him. She's also trying to take care of the this weird clone of Devil Dinosaur mm-hmm. that showed up. And she's teaming up with the with the Avengers to do it. Um, they need to use T'Challa's lab, but she's a little girl. So she can't just go away to Africa without her parents realizing <laughs> she's gone. So they fake that her parents won a free trip to Wakanda free vacation so they can go there and then she's like i want to check out the labs they're like okay honey uh you know it's like uh what was it it was um okoye was going to show her the labs while the parents look at the gardens or some shit Mm -hmm. and so like they keep having to do stuff it's great uh carol danvers is all over this issue that's like her main team up and they discovered that devil dinosaur has been cloned many times in different colors oh shit (gasps) sentai devil dinosaurs (laughs) <laughs> yes, including this picture. <laughs> Six Ranger Devil Dinosaur Sentai. <laughs> it's my favorite. it's the cutest thing ever. I love it. But they're basically capturing these these clones, and um, they find out it's being done by the High Evolutionary. At least it looks like him. And um, they try to stop him. They find Devil Dinosaur. They're not able to stop him. He's able to get away with Devil Dinosaur. So 
And next it says to be concluded and it's X-Men and Moon Girl. Oh, nice. And it specifically mentions can Moon Girl, Wolverine, and Havoc stop him before he creates more dinosaur clones? Man, she is going to whip these boys into shape. Yeah, there's a great moment at the beginning where where, uh, Carol's like, hey, we need to go to the moon to get Devil Dinosaur. And she's like, no. She's like, what? She's like, I have school. (laughs) Like She's (laughs) like, I'm not leaving. Like, She's like, oh, trust me. Like, no, I'm not just trusting you. Like, I love that about her. She's like, no, I'm not putting up with your shit, basically. So, all right, next up, I'm going to talk about the finale to Captain Carter, number five. Man, this book has been such a great ride. Written by Jamie McKelvey, art by Marika Cresta, color by Matt Meehan, letter by Clayton Cowles. This is the alternate universe with Captain Carter, and <laughs> Betsy Braddock is her best friend, and they're doing this whole thing. And with oh, with the um, uh, cyborg Tony Stark, which is great. That's right. And basically, yeah, they discover these two people are trying to control the government, and they're actually um, vampires, and they're able to discover it. Captain Carter's taken captive, so her team has to work together to free her. They're able to get her free, and they're able to defeat the um, the vampires in a pretty cool way. I really enjoyed it. And they basically are able to reveal the entire truth, including video of the guy, the vampire guy, admitting to what they did to trick everybody to hate the you know, immigrants to hate the other, you know, to give them power and stuff. And in what was so uncomfortably true to reality, it's sort of like, you know, um, his words are broadcast live to thousands, millions more watched it online or on TV news. It's like before the end of the week, you know, they dissolve the government and says his former party is pulling at 29%. I'm like, they would fucking still have like about a 30% that would believe them. <laughs> and I was like, God, that makes me sick. <laughs> like, I was just like, uh. so, and Captain Carter's just kind of like, Hey, I'll help when you need me, but I'm not here to be the, the hero like that. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm just trying to live my life. And then she eats a burger and says, and my God, the food now really is so much better. And that's how the book ends. And I love Aww. it. More Captain Carter, please. So, I mean, we kind of maybe we'll see. <laughs> so, uh, next up, Black Panther number eight. I could not pass up this cover with all these Black Panthers. Oh man, I thought about that one, but sure, just like this, this, these collections of Alex Ross have just been so fucking sweet. But I oh, might I go back see the Alex that. Ross one. Oh, it's just, it's just like the the two the two, the two fronts meeting. Oh, I like that. That's cool. Mm-hmm. All right, so written by John Ridley, art by Stefano Landini, color by Matt Mia, and letter by Joe Sabino. Um, Tosin's so great. <laughs> like, oh, he did. He, he kind of pushed this issue a little bit. I love yeah. it. He's just like, I'm here to help you. He's like, thank you. He's like, I don't like you. You know that, right? <laughs> like, it's basically the whole book. I'm like, amazing. That's my boy. Like, I can't wait. He's just like, I, I disagree with everything that you represent. <laughs> like, I'm like, Jesus Christ, dude. Like, but yeah, they all have to team up to, of course, work together and try to take back Wakanda. They confront the bad guy who. Uh, I mean, it's not too big of a spoiler. Mm. Basically kills himself instead of being captured. Chaos Cassidy is himself, if you're a Julius Caesar fan. And, yeah, and in the end they won, but at what cost, basically? Like, it's really interesting. Uh, Omolola, was that her name? Yeah. She's like, goodbye to Chala. I don't think we'll ever be seeing each other ever again. Good. And then Storm is like, I have to go as well. There's nothing else for me here. And he goes, please don't leave me alone. I leave, but being alone, you've done that to yourself. 
very she true. Dead. Long live the king. She's not Fucking wrong. Hell. She was know, right. She was not wrong. Um, it sucked because I mean, like even like even that panel is just like oof. Like obviously, he, he, you would want to, like as any friend would. But she's not wrong at this point. It's like, dude, like we we helped. And that's what we said we were going to do. You get to fucking wallow in all of this. Yeah. I hope him and Tosin are hanging out. And Tosin just basically spends the entire time telling him everything he's done. <laughs> he just takes <laughs> it. <laughs> just fucking in his face. Like they team up and they do the good things. And T'Challa's like, you know, I'm learning to do the right thing with you, Tosin. Tosin's like, well, you were still like an immoral emperor. So I disagree with all of your beliefs. <laughs> like, just like, like, I would love that. Like, it's so good. She tries teaching uh, Tosin the, the American Proverbs, like sticks and stones, but your words really go through this vibranium armor, bro. <laughs> <laughs> like, yes. <laughs> so good. Um, but yeah, I really like it. I can't wait to see the next issue because it's the end of the arc. Yeah. I get to see like the, the after effects of all this. Mm-hmm. So interesting. Next up, Punisher number five. Fuck. By Jason Aaron, Jesus Size, and Paul Azaceta, with colors by Dave Stewart and letters by Corey Petit. Oh, God, it was so inevitable. And it's so sad. Like, <laughs> um, Frank thought he could run away with his wife, mm-hmm. and he can't. And it's depressing as hell. And also the leader of the hand is something more than we thought. And we don't know <laughs> what yet. And also we get the saddest like flashback in the history of this book, which is saying something because there's been some where you see the one friend Frank had in high school and how much he did for Frank mm-hmm. and how much Frank fucking ignored him in the end until he died stupidly. And cruelly. And then that's when Frank, of course, steps up. Because that's what Frank does. He's not there for you when you need him. He's there for you after you're gone. And it's such a great metaphor for the way he is. You know what I mean? Yeah. And everything was so inevitable. And I love... It was the inevitability of it all. That was just like... Like, he was always going to be this way. And he was always going to be going back to the hand. He wasn't going to be leaving... It was always going to be him and Aries. Like it's it's the most inevitable book, and I love that about it. And the art, of course, is incredible. And there's such a level of cruelty to the hand that they've never really portrayed in the comics before for that group. Very true. And it makes them so much more of a like even in even in like the big Daredevil stories, the really <laughs> dark ones. It's just an army of ninjas, right? Yeah, it didn't really approach this level of like grim. And yeah, it's pretty grim. I really liked it. It was really good. And it's very violent because it's a Punisher <laughs> book. And I love that he was a hockey player. I mean, that's that's a good thing. I love hockey. <laughs> yeah. So. But yeah, what do you think? Uh, no, it's, it's it's a very intense book, but in, in a very cool way for like like a Punisher book. And again, like we're in the position he's at, especially in this issue where, yeah, the inevitability of, of having to go back. And it's just, I, I like this. I like the flashback sequences. I, I love the that we get like the, the two art styles going back and forth. Um, cause they're just like, they're just so fitting. And just like, I just, I really like that, that art style for like flashback Frank. Um, yeah, but yeah, it's just been a super fucking book. And I just didn't end up uh, speaking of inevitability, inevitability, um, the future of meeting up the, with the devils and God damn it. It's just like, what hold, what hold are they going to have on Frank to go up against the devils? And it's just like, shit. 
And if anyone knows the secrets of resurrection from the hand, it'd be Electra, right? Right. To just be like, yo, everything I've been saying is bullshit for this reason. Like, uh Or this is how you can bring your wife back. For I mean, for even both of them. Like, I mean, as 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 um as deba- debatable as it is, uh, the whole Shadowland sequence too. Like, he was running the hand. Yeah, that's true. But Electra's been brought back to life like twelve times. Yeah, true. Is what I mean. <laughs> so, if anyone knows the process at this point, like, so yeah. All right, next up, Captain America, Sentinel of Liberty, number three. Yes. I got, I got this variant. I thought it was pretty cool looking. So, oh, I didn't see that one. That one is dope. I, 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 I love the scales. I'm a sucker for the scales. Yeah, me too. Written by Jackson Lansing and Colin Kelly. Art by Carmen Carnero. Letter by Joe Carmagna with colors by Nolan Woodard. Um, so this is the one, and it's it really takes place in two parts. You have the Winter Soldier a.k.a. Bucky, coming into conflict with Peggy Carter and dealing with that. And you find out how, like, she secretly, maybe her or an organization she's a part of, have secretly manipulated things for their benefit. And it's really interesting for the little confrontation they had there. I thought that was great. Mm -hmm. But we also find out a lot more about the history of Captain America's S.H.I.E.L.D., and we get to see the forge in which it was made. And <laughs> it was just really interesting. We get to find out the history of like what its purpose was and what its purpose is now. And I really, really liked it. I thought it was really cool. Um, I just, if I didn't love Peggy so much, you know, like I was, I just thought about that the entire time and I had to go back and read back through for the other part to be like, let it click. Mm-hmm. So I was just like, I need more Asian Carter. Like, so yeah, I, I thought it was really, really cool. I love that we're building into something really dark and we already know there's a crossover coming up um, about this with the other Captain America books. So I really like it. I like where it's building and I want to see where they converge with him and Falcon, you know? Um, yeah, well, absolutely. Or him and Sam. Uh, Sam. Yeah. And Falcon, <laughs> technically, with the Walker. And with Falcon. So, yeah. yeah. So, what do you think? Um, well, well, first of all, like the super dope action sequence where only Winter Soldier with uh, Peggy could uh, <laughs> could shoot each other's gun out of each other's hands. Yes. Spy At bullshit that I just love. No less. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> just random spy bullshit that I just absolutely love. Um, but yeah, the, the whole four sequence was obviously going to be like what they. The, even they've been teasing about for this issue in particular uh, for a while now. And it's like, yeah, getting this, like this answer, like getting this, like this whole, this whole like sequence of like, I love when, when a pay, when a book forces you to flip around the book to read it that way. And it's like, we get one of those. It's, it's, it's super fucking cool. And just, it's just like a highlight. Just need to ha- have to shout out uh, Carmen Carnero with like the art, like this. I mean, she's going up against like Pepe Larraz like, against like Sam's book. But yeah. damn it, does this uh, uh, Steve book just look looks absolutely gorgeous every time? Yeah, exactly. I love it. Yeah, good stuff. I can't wait for the crossover. So, no, me too. Cold War, come on. Yeah. Next up, Jane Foster and the Mighty Thor number three. Guess what? Three words. <laughs> Peach Momoko cover. <laughs> like, oh, so. that is pretty. Yeah. I like the random uses of squigglies and stuff. Yeah. Like that's that's like the cornerstone of a good Peach Momoko cover for me. <laughs> Written by Torin Gronbeck, art by Michael Dowling, colors by Jesus Berdov, and letter by Joe Sabino. Um I I, I will start real quick because we talked about during the news about the um 
the upcoming Thanos one shot about the future death of Thor. Mm-hmm. With Torn Grunbeck being one of the writers, to me that says there's going to be a Valkyrie story. Ooh, okay. Because that's Torn's been the one that's had Valkyrie since Runa was introduced to the comics. Yeah, has done everything. So very interesting. Um, but yeah, we we got the war on Asgard continuing. Uh, we got we got Jane Foster fighting uh, Sim in uh, Limbo, which was a lot of fun. Um, we got Runa being a fucking badass, yes. which is always a good time. Just yeah, it's really cool. This shot of her with the flaming sword, oh, the all weapon. Yeah. Did you read this? No. Oh shit! I thought you did. No, yeah, no, dude. that's oh, my awesome God. though. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it's really cool. It's really interesting. And there's like a bit where like there's some things Jane Foster has to do, um, like as Jane Foster, not as Thor. And it's really, really interesting. There's a great shock at the last page, which I'm not going to reveal because it was just really cool. Um, and the bad guys start using these like black hole bombs that kill people, that suck them in. And it looks like Volstag's one of them gets pulled in and a couple other recognizable characters. So Runa sees it and it's like, it's her old unfortunate thought, which was, she watches their swallowed up and she thinks like so many times before it should have been me because she has the worst survival skills in comics. Yeah. So yeah, really, really, really interesting. I, I really enjoyed it. So good stuff. And this is a good time to talk about all out Avengers, by the way. Are you excited for this? Oh, the yeah. And, and in continuity, like what's that, what's that going to be about? Yeah, I don't know, but it's like, I, dude, all I need to say is, Spider Woman's an Avenger again. Yeah, that's all that fucking matters. And who's on the other side? Um, it's Spider Woman, Captain America, Black Panther, Thor, Spider Man, Captain Marvel, and Iron Man. Oh, okay. What am I yeah. Of? It's basically the current Avengers, but Spider Woman. But the Spider Woman is a really good addition, basically. <laughs> like, or for Namor, I guess. So yeah. All right, now we're gonna swing over to the streets. New York City for a little eight-legged fun. We have three arachnid-based books this week, and I am starting with something that is so dear to my heart, and I cannot wait to talk about this. In the year of 2020, Marvel put out a Gwen Stacy miniseries (laughs) and canceled it because of 2020. A bunch of stuff got canceled. So it never got finished. Well, now it's finished. In giant size, Gwen Stacy number one. Josue, this is basically a graphic novel. Oh, it is this fucking thick. Oh, you can no read it. Shit, like it's so big. Yeah, and uh, it was ten dollars. Ten, which is yeah, right. The price for the size it is. Now here's <laughs> the thing. I went to Samurai. They didn't have any copies. Oh shit. They said they didn't get it. They said it didn't come out. Okay. I went to Greg's, and I was like, "Hey, do you see giant size Gwen Stacy?" He's like, we only got half of the books we ordered, and they're all damaged. Ooh. And I'm like, oh, that sucks. And I'm like, can I look at it at least? And he grabs the one off the top, and guess what he grabbed? The Peach Momoko cover. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, they're adorable. Right? Oh, the aesthetic. He says, it is damaged. He's like, it's a $10 book, so I wouldn't want to make you pay full price for 
Can you see the damage? It's like the littlest no. tiny crease right like there. What, and whatever. whatever. <laughs> he's the nicest dude with stuff like that. Like he's like, no, it's not perfect. Then they're gonna pay me. They're gonna pay me back. So I'm like, cool. That's awesome. I'm like, dude. I was like, dude. You know what? I'll take it. I don't care. I was like, that is quit. a really pretty cover from Peach. Like kind of incorporating a different style into her style with like with yeah. like the way they are. That's really cool. I like that one. Yeah. So written by Christos Gage, art by Todd Knock. Those are two names I haven't said in a while because yes. I haven't had any other books. True. Um, Colors by Rochelle Rosenberg and letter by Joe Caramagna. I'm not going to give like a full detailed review because it's like 100 pages long, <laughs> but it is a cool little story that takes place alongside the origin of Peter Parker, Spider-Man. So this is before she knows Peter. Oh. And uh, it's before Peter goes to mid- Oh no, it's before Peter goes to school with Gwen in them. He's going to another school. And so um, she's really good friends with Harry. Harry's basically her best friend in this book. Um, she's dating like the high school quarterback guy, but no one knows. It's kind of a secret thing. And basically, long story short, some bad guys frame her father and he has to retire from the police force. And she goes like all Nancy Drew and solves the case. And it's great. Aww. And it's Gwen. And I love it. So buy it. It's fantastic. Maybe they'll give me another series if you guys all buy it. <laughs> Next up, Josue, tell us about the dark side of the Spider-Man universe with Venom, Lethal Protector number five. It was at the start of his redemption arc. I mean, dark is in literally. He's yeah. No. <laughs> uh, so Venom, Lethal Protector with uh, David Michelini uh, and Ivan Forelli with the penciling, Brian Valenza with the colors, and Travis Lennon with the lettering. Um it's at the end of it against like a mini. Uh, it's a mini with uh, throwing a uh, with a throwback. Hence, lose the protector. Uh, there's been a bounty on Venom, and we find out we finally find out why. And the setting is he's basically taking the fight to Justin Hammer, who's on that ordered or basically hired all of these mercenaries to take care of um, and failing uh, to take care to take care of Venom. When finally being confronted, this is basically like the, like the whole point of the book. Is that Justin actually got hired by um, or- Orwell Taylor? He offered twenty million dollars for for Venom's death, and then this is like, and this is the actual callback because his son uh, was basically like, um, basically died on the sidelines from Amazing Spider-Man three fifteen from all of the way back then, and so 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 yeah, that that guy just wanted to had a vendetta against Venom. Um, so yeah, and obviously he failed. Venom takes care of Justin Hammer, um, and he just off of the island. It was a very quick, quick book. It was just like just kind of like closing it off for um, what we already knew. Nice. So it's the finale. Mm-hmm. Nice. Okay. Cool. All right, uh, and then our final eight-legged book of the week is the one that, of course, always comes last. We're talking about Amazing Spider-Man number seven. So I was kind of disappointed this week because there was only one cover left. Oh. And I'm not the biggest fan of this thing, but it's a cool cover. I'll take it. Um, I got the Predator cover. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Which I like. I like Spidey underneath the bridge hiding from the Predator. I think that's kind of cool. So it was a cool image. I was like fine with it. But yeah. Yeah. You know, it is what it is. So, um. This is written by Zeb Wells, penciled by John Romita Jr., inked by Scott Hanna, colored by Marcio Meniz, and lettered by Joe Caramagna. This issue was really interesting because it was a lot of Peter 
dealing with Mary Jane, Norman Osborn. Meanwhile, in the background, Vulture, his granddaughter finds out, hey, you lied to me. You've killed a bunch of people. And Vulture's like, he told you. And just assumes it's Spider-Man. Wasn't actually told it was. So I thought it was interesting. And we kind of see how scary Vulture can really be. Yeah. If he really put his mind to it. He basically flies Spider-Man up really high in the air, destroys his web shooters, and fucking drops him. And that's terrifying. Like, I was like, shit, that could be that easy. It really could. And then when you notice uh, it, like, he aimed it, he aimed Spider-Man towards Central Park. So he can't even, like, even if he did have the web shooters, there's nothing to really reach out to. Yeah, it's, like, really interesting. And um, I think I know what's going to happen because of what happened with Norman Osborn earlier in the issue and what the next cover looks like. <laughs> yeah. But it was still really cool, and it was great to see, like what I would say is an A-list villain, but has always been what, like a shocker villain where it's kind of get punched around a little bit and that's it. Yeah. Actually get kind of brutal and interesting without completely changing his character. Cause we've talked about that in the past, like mm-hmm. toy man and Superman was a completely different character. This is the same character. He just cut loose basically. Right. I really liked it. What'd you think? Where he was like, he was basically reeling himself in because he had it. He, he was developing that connection with his granddaughter. But once that was gone, he's literally just back to his actual yeah. self that she's making that she made the point for. Um, but yeah, I'm actually excited for the fucking Norman suit. I actually like the, the, the yeah, touches of green. That's, that's why that's how I think he's going to survive. Obviously. So. I, I also like like the legs coming out of the, like in the ribs, in the rib section, there's like these three yeah. red lines to make like the extra spider legs. I, I there's these little touches that I really like. Yeah, I want to see what that looks like on. Yes. It's it's going to be interesting. So, yeah. Yeah, good stuff. Uh, still don't know anything about what happened. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> They're just not going to tell us shit. So, all right. Now we're going to swing over to Krakoa for the briefest of visits. First of all, X-Men Legends is back with X-Men Legends number one. I got this variant cover. Oh, that's nice. I like, oh, I like yes. that one. Yeah. I like the old school Wolverine with the whiskers on the mask. Mm -hmm. Did you read this? No. Okay. Written by Roy Thomas, drawn by Dave Dave Wachter, colored by Edgar Delgado, and lettered by Joe Caramagna. Um, This is the origin of Wolverine, basically. It takes place between Incredible Hulk 181 and Giant Size X-Men 1. Gotcha. So in in 181, he fights the Hulk. Mm -hmm. And then basically this fight keeps happening in this issue. And he basically runs out of time. Department H is like, ah, you had six hours. You didn't do it. And he's like, I can kill him. And they're like, no, we're going to do it our own way. And of course, he's like, fine. And they fail. And they ask for his help. He's like, no, you told me to stand down. So he's just being a bitch, basically. I love <laughs> it. Um, he teams up with um, Jack Winters, the, uh, what's he called? The Living Diamond or Jack of Diamonds. That's right. It was just a mutant made of diamond, basically. <laughs> and it's great because he's like, ah, I made a diamond. You can't hurt me, Wolverine. Wolverine just fucking stabs him. Yeah. And he's like, but I made a diamond. He's like, I have adamantium. Adamantium, <laughs> idiot. <laughs> yeah. But they have to team up to do something, right? And they're talking about, oh, basically they're trying to capture all these, quote, post-humans, people with superpowers. Because this is before the difference between, you know, like a Captain America versus a mutant was really super clear. Oh, yeah. So they go to this this place and... All of a sudden, here are the seven post-humans they were looking for. 
It's the X-Men and uh-huh. the Brotherhood. Oh. Different numbers. So, yes. Very cool. Yeah, that is cool. So they're going to have a confrontation with them. And yeah, I'm very curious to see where that's going to go. And in my head to like put it in the canon, you mm-hmm. know, where it goes in the canon. What's really interesting is Beast is not in that group, but the next cover has Wolverine fighting Beast. Oh, so, okay. We'll see. But fun stuff. I like a flashback book. And it was nice and fun and light because you do want an amuse-bouche <laughs> of a comic book before you get to Avengers X-Men Eternals Judgment Day number two. 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 We're only two in, guys. <laughs> Written by Kieran Gillen, drawn by Valerio Shiti, colored by Marte Gracia, and lettered by Clayton Cowles. Okay. Um, <laughs> so... One of the keys to this is we have a group of civilians that we keep coming back to. And I think we're going to be doing so over the next several books. Over the next six issues of the main run? Yes. The key one this time is Arjun, which I believe, wasn't that the name of the cameraman for King, Kingo in um, Aww, I don't, Eternals? I don't, I'll look it up in a second. Let me see. You keep going. Because he's in Mumbai and, you know... He lived a long time, even before the Age of Marvels, you know, and I'm kind of like, mm, heroes will save us. That's what they always do, and that's very much something he would say. So, um, we get to see, uh, we get to see an amazing, amazing fight scene with Exodus uh, just wrecking one of the hex. It's close. It was Karun. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I remember something like that. I, was, I thought maybe by a little nod. Um, but yeah, we can see Exodus just wreck one of the Hex by just basically self-destructing himself. He just fucking throws himself at it and dies, but it dies too, and then they bring him back. But the X-Men don't know, and the world doesn't know. And I love that you pointed this out last week, um, how this is something that you thought would be really important, and I didn't really think about all that much, mm-hmm. which is the Eternals are hypocrites. Yes. Because they can come back. And they're just not telling anybody, but they're mad at the X-Men for not telling anybody how they can come back. Yeah. And how that's going to play into it. And that's where the civilians come into play because our boy Arjun drops dead to bring the Hex back. And when is that secret going to get out? And how is the world going to react to that? Because right now, so many humans are just on the Eternal side. Like, oh, the Eternals are doing the right thing. Thank God we have heroes like the Eternals. Um, Icarus, it's gonna be it's gonna be something like Icarus is gonna play the same uh, move as Exodus against one of the Hex. He probably he'll probably go down and then he's gonna bounce back up and then come back and be like, wait, why is Captain America dead? Oh, yeah. I can answer that because I have a huge guilt over this little boy that just happened. Exactly. Yeah, and it's just really interesting because we also each of the humans have their own perspective. Some of them are supporting the mutants. Some of them are supporting the bad guys. You know, and I thought that was really interesting to have. I love that. the mom. The mom has such a complicated story. I love it. I hope she. I hope she's the last one alive. I know, because it'd be really sad if she's not. Or what if <laughs> the, they kill a kid? And the her, the, like, the fucker. Kids. The the first one. The the, the one that's siding with, with the one that's siding with the Eternals. Like we're showing them. Like it's a sports game. The Asshole. Incel. The fucking incel. Yeah. Um, although he's married, he's still an incel. I don't care. <laughs> incel is a state of being. Um, <laughs> so what's their solution to do this? Well, the Avengers have decided we're going to bring the celestial to life that the Avengers have been living in and he'll just tell them to stop. And I'm like, how do we know he's going to tell them to stop? This sounds like a really risky idea. 
So they bring him alive, and he's like, yo, Earth, you fucking suck. What is wrong with you people? You have 24 hours to fucking justify your existence. And I'm going to quote, you will be judged individually. You will be judged as the collective. If there is more than that, more that is just than wicked, you will live. But if you're found lacking, there will be no tomorrow. <laughs> it's like, as if, as if this needed higher stakes. Like, as if we needed another conflict. And I love it. It's all good. Don't get me wrong. I'm not being negative. I fucking love this. But fucking hell. <laughs> Jesus Christ, dude. This book is exhausting me. And it's so good. I I'm glad I save it till the end. It's yeah. the last book I read. So. What'd you think, dude? Uh, well, first, like just like going off of that alone with like with the with the celestial, um, fucking hey, Tony, like you just had to, you just had to make the fucking Ultron jo- Ultron joke, the Ultron comparison joke, because like yeah, that's exactly what fucking happened, didn't it? Um, the other thing that I that I discovered in this book is I discovered Mister Sinister's second mutation. Mister Sinister's second mutation is that he needs to be around mutants. In order for his glamour to work, he looks like shit not having to impress anybody in that room. <laughs> he looks like absolute dog shit with that flat hair, facial <laughs> hair, just so bad. No means around for him to flaunt it. He doesn't care. Yeah, that's great. I love it. I thought, I thought I missed something. He looks so bad compared to every, every other book he's been in for the last two years. The moment I'm most looking forward to in this series is when the Celestial looks at Tony Stark and is like, well, it's trying to judge you, Tony. Wait, what's that in the corner? Oh, yeah. That's a dead Celestial I turned into a suit of armor. And the Celestial just blinks at him and then moves on. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, you're the worst of the people. (laughs) Like... And then he meets Reed Richards, and he has a conniption fit because he can't decide which one of them is worse. So. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so that is it. That's all the books this week. Uh, good, good, good week. It was uh, a good small a good, week. Good for a light week, yeah. Yeah, small week definitely. But um, what about yourself? Anything else you have been reading? Um, I honestly only was able to read one thing. I really just kept so fucking busy. Like organizing those books took a lot longer than I thought I did, and I do that in storage where it's like. The AC just wasn't there, so it's like it's so fucking hot. Anyway, what I got to read is um, still on the Hulk side uh, of the deep dive, but I'm actually taking it over to to Jennifer's books. Um, yeah, because she will be. I think she was loosely involved, or she will involve herself in um, into Immortal. But the way she was also involving herself towards the end of Dugan's Hulk book, um, I was I wanted to take it back to like I'm I'm also reading the current. I'm, I'm reading the current Hulk books as well. So might as well just like get to know what she's been doing in the last decade. And it's actually very fun. Cause okay, first of all, I'm also very interested to, t- to then take even further back to read a uh, dance law into Peter David's run uh, of she Hulk. But right now I'm, I'm in the phase after that. And I'd read Charles souls uh, run and it was very fun. Like super lighthearted in that Jennifer, uh, Jennifer Walters, she Hulk aspect where if you wanted if you want an, a legit lawyer book, go back to that one. It's literally there's there's very little heroics involved, uh, though there are. It's like it's glorified with cameos as a She-Hulk book is, um, but it's still all about solve like working around these cases. 
Um, Patsy Hellcat is is is, is like works as her investigator. Um, it's very it's a very fun book. Um, to which then like the first case that opens up uh, for her is one well, not the first case. The second case that opens up for her is Doctor Doom's uh, son wants to uh, uh, basically se- like secede from Latveria, but it's all like it's all pissy fit because like Doctor Doom doesn't let him do whatever he wants to do, which is like not really like the most Doom thing to live by. Uh, so she goes to Jennifer to to get to gain citizenship, and so it becomes kind of just that. Um, and at the end, there's a tease in in between in the middle of the run, but then it later gets does get confirmed. Where why hasn't there never been a Jennifer versus uh, Matt Murdock uh, case? And it it leads into that. It leads the case is I remember this. Yeah, did Steve did Steve Rogers inadvertently kind of kill this guy? And Matt representing the plaintiff side that he did kill this guy, and Jennifer has to prove that he didn't. Um, it was a very deep case, very, very, very cool. I liked it, and what makes it, what made it interesting, is that at the end of that book, it was only, 12, it only the She Hulk book only ran for twelve issues, and by the timing, Charles Soule's following book was the super dark and gritty Daredevil book, and so, so it's cool that he kind of followed these two lawyers kind of back to back. Um, mostly because I, cause I, I was following that Daredevil book when it was coming out. So I know how that one was just so, it's just polarizing different from taking this, that from the She-Hulk being the, the previous book, but still obviously working our, working, uh, with the Marvel's lawyers. Um, but yeah, it was, it was just cool going, going into discovering that book. And now after the, after that, my next Hulk book to read is, uh, uh, Mariko's, Mariko Tamaki's Hulk book. Oh, that's gonna be good. Yeah, it's gonna be really cool. Um, going into then the the legacy She Hulk book, and then after that, after that, I'm gonna take a break because I need to read my library books, and then finally, Immortal Hulk. Um, mm-hmm. I couldn't do Lord Olympus this week, um, so I'll probably double myself um, for this next week, um, just because I was I was just so fucking busy. Yeah, I gotcha. Um, that's really well timed because She Hulk comes out in a week. The show. Oh, nice. Yeah. And, and I, I got so excited too because basically the that book the the soul run was called She Hulk Attorney at Law because like o- her opening up her business again or her practice again. Nice. Um, there's a story you should try to find, and I'll see if I can find out when it is. But basically, she has to be the defense attorney for humanity and oh. argue that humanity is worth it, and she wins obviously because humanity is not wiped out. But um. She's rewarded by being able to bring back one dead Avenger. Oh. And I loved it. It was so great because with all these dead Avengers, yeah. she picked Two-Gun Kid. <laughs> and he became like a supporting character in her book at the time. It was great. I so It's good stuff. Anyways. I also, uh, um, sorry, in the last few things, um, didn't read, but I did pick up, um, had to pick up the Black Sad book. Um they all fall down part one, but I'm not going to read it yet. Cause I still need to play the video game. Well, technically I, before the video game, I was going to reread the other five books into the video game because I've, the video game was supposed to serve as volume six, but then they went back on that. I think cause he was going to come back to books. So I got that one. Cause I just, I fucking love black Sad so much. And then I'm going to take the plunge later, later down the line, but I am starting to collect um, Jason Aaron's Thor's ultimate collections. Though I don't have to get all five, um, because I technically have most of the pieces to the the second Ultimate Collection and most to Volume Five. I just need to find like these few trades to 
fill in the gaps, and then eventually also um, get the War of the Realms omnibus because I just I just, just want to read his saga. Yeah, definitely. Awesome. Um, as for myself, I finished The Light Fantastic, which is a second Terry Pratchett novel. Mm. I need a way to get another credits to get the next one, uh, which is Equal Rights, I believe. I'll have to double check. Um, but we finished that. Uh, I also reread a D&D graphic novel called uh, Dungeon Dragon Shadow Plague, which is a lot of fun. I forgot how much I liked it. Liz actually owns it. And I was looking for something quick to read. And I was like, <laughs> oh, hey. And I read through it real quick. I loved it. It was really good. Um <laughs> And I also received a Kickstarter package this week. Um, it was D&D based. I've already got the PDFs for this, but now I got the nice hard co- covers of these. An Unexpected Wedding Invitation. Oh, This cute. is a D&D adventure with Jane Austen inspiration. Shut up. Yes. Where you, you go to a wedding between a human and an elf and there's a murder and you have to solve the murder. Oh my god, Sochi would just fucking die just playing that game. Yeah. And then coming along with it, because I I, uh, um, supported it at a little higher level, I got Before the Stroke of Midnight, which is the second adventure. And this one is Eerie Ghosts, Mysterious Intrigues, and Dark Secrets Await You at the Castle. So it's a gothic mystery adventure. So That's so fun. Yeah, and they're really good. They're really nice. Yeah. Like they're like hardbacks. And like, yeah, we're really excited about this. We're trying to decide what we're going to do after we're done with our current campaign. So yeah, mm. that'd be a cool little palate cleanser, like, like not high stakes or anything. Yeah. Just a little party. Yeah. Well, we have a couple ideas. We're going to do that. Uh, we also have the fairy, the Feywild campaign. Yeah. Um, and then also I have the Strixhaven book, mm. which is, you know, the school. Yeah. 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 And it, it's entire rules on how to run a magic school in D and D. And I'm thinking about doing that as like a, like, ten people can play, and just whoever's there at the time can be in that adventure. Mm-hmm. And because it's a school, you know, it's like who are you hanging out with today? It's these three people. Okay, well that's who's going with us. You know, yeah, they can like, come in and out as much as they want. So that might be in the future, and if so, I'll hit you up because I'll definitely want you in on that. So. That's so fun. Like whoever's like in a part of the attendance, yeah, like a Parks and Rec, but just like yeah, mages and rec. And it's like. Um, there's a whole like student body of NPCs that you can meet. That's fine. And it, yeah, it's just really cool. Anyways. So those are the issues that we had this week. Make sure to check us out on Twitter. You can find me at WHI podcast. Keith, you can find our producer Liz at WHI podcast. Liz, you can find host way at host way reads host way. You can find this show at WHI podcast on Twitter. You can find our other show at jukebox vertigo, because that's the name of the show. Jukebox vertigo. That is our musical playlist building show where every other week we sit down with at least one of our friends, but usually more, and we build a random playlist based on a category that we draw from a list. Our most recent episode, which is up currently, is Workout Mix. And we had a lot of fun. It was a blast. And uh, yeah, it was definitely a different list for me. I know so Sway during the listening party was like, wow, yeah, okay, more of this, Keith. And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> if you only knew. Um, so, uh, so check that out. It's me, Josue and our friend Manda on that episode. And then every, that comes out every other Monday morning. So not this next Monday, but the Monday after that. And that evening, usually if the show comes out on the right time, my computer doesn't explode. <laughs> Josue will do a live listening party of the songs that we added to the playlist that week. 
on Twitch, and that's Hostway Plays Hostway. It's usually around 7 p.m. Pacific time. Make sure to tune in because you get to listen to all the songs, you get to hear Josue's opinions on them, and you get to do so before 90% of the video is muted because of copyright. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, make sure to check that out. It's always a fun time. Usually I'm there. A couple of the people, Harley, Hawk usually shows up for a little bit. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. So, and once again, Josue plays Josue on Twitch. Finally, don't forget to bag, board, and box your new treasures. We will see you next week with new batch of beautiful books. Stay safe and read more comics.